What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that's presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts that you hear every single week. My name is Mitch Oliver, and with me, as always, I got my boy. Hi, I'm Boozy. Boozy is here, and today we are welcoming a very special guest to continue our, uh, I guess this is a series that we said was going to be ongoing, but as you might know with The Terror Table, if we ever say that we're going to do something, there's a chances are we're going to be pretty shoddy with it. We're going to do it. It just on our own time. Exactly. Basically, <laughs> yeah. the terror table is always going to be whatever it's going to be because uh, we're we're trying our best here. But uh, we had initially said that we want to do triple features, uh, each movie that suits one topic of film, to one type of subgenre. And each of us, Boozy, myself and our chosen guest is going to choose a film from this specific subgenre. This week, we're talking about monster films, and we knew we needed to bring on our, I guess this is the second time. Is this the second time you've been on? Uh, yeah, this is the second time. So, um, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> you, you, you invited me back, which is very nice. <laughs> oh, of course. No, we've been so excited to welcome back Lindsay Wilkins of the Schlock and Awe podcast. How are you doing, Lindsay? I am doing very well and was getting very distracted by Boozy's very great bundle, Um Oh, Dr. Yeah. Loomis. Getting getting ear scratches. <laughs> That's it. She's talking about his kitty, uh, Boozy's yeah. kitty, Dr. Loomis. I don't know what's wrong with him lately, but he's like way more cuddly. Like usually when I'm podcasting, he'll leave me alone. But well, it's because he knows Michael's like... dead. Yeah. <laughs> or at least yes. my, the end of Michael is coming. <laughs> he shot him he's, six he's, times. He's building up anticipation. <laughs> He, he really is. He knows he shot him six times, so he needs to know he needs to shoot him a seventh. <laughs> yep. And, and and he's been told, he's like, okay, Halloween ends. That's the next one. Okay. Whew. Yeah. How do you Whew. how do you start a title Whew. after that? Halloween yeah. didn't truly end. Michael's <laughs> not the next one. Yeah. Michael's not coming back, hopefully. This yeah, time. Hopefully. Um, well, they've obviously. already done resurrection, so we can't do another. Yeah. <laughs> we all yeah. know that he's, Michael's going to be back. And yeah, I, I would give it six years time. I want to say a decade. <laughs> I, yeah, I would love to say that, but uh, not to get off topic, uh, we are talking about monster films today. Today is our monster mash, where each of us chose one singular monster movie from a separate decade from the other choices. So I chose uh, the Beast of the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, and Boozy chose Prophecy, Prophecy from nineteen seventy nine, and Lindsay Wilkins chose Clive Barker's Nightbreed from nineteen ninety. Yeah, so we got the, oh, wait, I already screwed this up. Yeah, Beast is from 50s, mm. Prophecies from the 70s. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and Prophecies from 79. 79. Yeah. And yeah. Barker's Nightbreed is from 1990? Yes, 1990, yes. I was going to say, I feel like you can't even just call it Nightbreed. It's like, it has to be Clive Barker's Nightbreed. He owns well, it. Really He's letting you watch it. <laughs> debatably, which one we're talking about, though, because there's many versions of Nightbreed. Which we'll, I know. I noticed that, I, yeah. I, I had a quick watch of the theatrical today because I went, oh, shit, of course I chose the one with multiple um, friggin' things. <laughs> yeah. Shit, quick. <laughs> no, it, might, it might be interesting when all of us may have watched a different version because there are now three different versions of Nightbreed. But either way, yes. uh, this was just very exciting. We're very happy to welcome you back, Lindsay. You're one of our favorite guests to have on the show. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Schlock and Awe. I've been on your show a couple times now, and uh, it's always a fun time. And you've been doing such a good job of keeping up with that show and bringing on amazing guests and talking about amazing and not so amazing films all at once. Like it's 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 a great show. So if you haven't listened to Schlock and Awe, uh, definitely give it a listen. But I want to give this time, give you this time to uh, 
to kind of explain your show to listeners of the <laughs> explain <territory>. yourself <laughs> <laughs> yes this is my thesis of life no uh, shock, and awe, shock and awe is just is a double feature podcast where i try to as Mitch said, great movies and not so great movies and just treat them all as great, I guess. No, it's it sort of started off as like a high and low premise, like um, what you would consider like a, say, a low movie or then a high mo- a highbrow movie. And then it kind mm-hmm. of just devolved into something else completely. But no, I love pairing movies of different genres. Of, so um, do you have a criteria oh, for mixing them? Um, no, I thought I was going to start doing it like literally B movie with A movie, but now right. it's just evolved into, hey, what if we just do something from the 1920s and compare it to something from the 1990s or. Um, I really like that, though, because you get to see that whole yeah. scope of how much things have changed and also haven't. Exactly. Well, or I have just, a su- I have a suggestion for an episode, if that works. Um, So we could take a masterpiece, like say Morbius and mash it up with a giant piece of shit, like Citizen Kane or something like that could be. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) You know that like, uh, that would absolutely work. YouTube auto translates that. So that's now in writing somewhere. Yeah. Hopefully (laughs) someone update the Wikipedia pages. Morbius better than Citizen Kane. Exactly. Best movie ever made beats vertigo beats citizen kane even beats the godfather oh godfather (laughs) schmodfather that's why we didn't even bring it up yeah exactly (laughs) yes (laughs) it's a piece of shit well uh no this is very exciting because the last couple times that listeners would have tuned into the terror table we've been doing a lot of like promotional episodes and stuff like you know celebrating I brought on the cast and crew of The Druid's Hand, my short film, and that was a lot of fun. And then last week, we had Dylan Hershuk on to talk about Green Room and his upcoming film, Our Last Day as Kids. And I want people to know that we're not just a promotional podcast. We, we are well- We also did back... the, the Dark Bridges, so that we got- did... oh, Wow, yeah. So yeah. people, might, we may have lost some people at this Lindsay's point. like, yeah, yeah, all that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> but this is going to be a magnificent return to form. This uh, is classic. For, for many reasons. We're talking about films from all different, genre, all different decades in the same genre, same subgenre. Uh, we're going to talk about movies that we've caught up with recently, things that we've seen and things that we've enjoyed or not not enjoyed. And then we're gonna get into our triple feature conversation, which it's just gonna be a whole bunch of horror. We, we have a balls out horror galore episode ready for y'all today. And on top of that, uh, it's like plus 35 in Vancouver right now. It's like the hottest I've experienced since our heat wave when we were shooting the Druid's Hand. It yeah. is boiling, like I'm telling you, I know I don't wanna sound like that guy where it's like, oh, when you come to Vancouver, you'll know what a real, real hot weather's like. But it's like, holy shit, it is super hot. I've been drinking White Claws all day. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, well, I think that's on you. Like, if someone told you that that's how you rehydrate, they lied to you. But baby, that's just how, that's how this episode's going to roll. And I think that's why people <laughs> like tuning into the show is uh, it's going to be chaos today, especially because I got I'm so excited to uh, to talk. I've watched because Lindsay is such a loose cannon. I am the definition of a loose cannon. That is yeah. me. Um, no, I, I, well, it's freezing here. Like we've had like one of the coldest starts to winter in, in Melbourne for a while. So it's, it got down to four degrees last night. I think we're sitting at a, at a comfortable 10 or nine. Um, but no, I know. Question? Sorry. I just, have to, is this yeah. a dumb question? Do you guys get snow? No. Um, not in Melbourne, but we do actually around, um, 
the ranges, I guess, around Victoria. Really? Yes. Yeah, because I've never like heard of Australia having snow. So that's kind of cool. Well, Australia yeah. to us is Wolf Creek. It's mm-hmm. nonstop Wolf yes. Creek. That's what Australia. Yeah, but, to be fair, a large portion of Australia is Wolf Creek. I can't deny this. <laughs> Wolf Creek, um, Hounds of Love, all those yeah. feel good yeah. films. Yeah, you're, really when you're is. watching Wolf Creek, you're like, hey, I've been there. I've been there too. Yeah, I've been there. I know that. You can say that. I, I know there. that guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. One half is Lake Mungo and the other half is Wolf Creek. So oh. there you go. You guys live um, in a horror movie. We do. We well, really do. Well, that's why do. they make, yeah, and I've said it a million times, but Australia makes some of the best horror movies. So, uh, yes. Yeah, no, yes, it's we, very exciting. We understand that the landscape is just there to kill you. Yeah. Nothing else. You can't do anything with it. It will just kill you. <laughs> What's what's funny about that conversation, though, is that, you know, that is a that is something that people always come back to is like, why would I want to go to Australia? Everything can kill you there. There's snakes and toilets, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But if you see all like the Australian horror movies that I love, it's the humans that are the worst. Like it's like Snowtown Murders, uh, Killing Grounds and Wolf Creek. And like there's all these like incredible horror stories. And uh, I feel like that just has to be a result of, especially living in Vancouver now, I know a lot of Australian people because a lot of Australian Mm. people come to Vancouver, vice versa. um, And they're the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. And that would make sense why they make the most grotesque horror movies. Yes. And also you've got to remember like uh, Canada, which is a very spread out country with a lot of wilderness and a lot of inhabitable igloos and a lot of inhabitable areas. The people who live in those areas are fucking weirdos so yeah, exactly. <laughs> um those are those are people exactly and Bret Hart <laughs> um so you you just that's the thing you got to be a bit wary of is that if you're going to a place like Cuba PD where everyone lives underground they're gonna be a special kind of person Wait, to actually want to do that are you saying you have mole people in Australia too mole yeah we people. do oh yeah. my goodness oh boy yeah oh boy we're mole so, people there's a screenplay <laughs> you and I can write boozy there we go <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I think actually it'd be a great rusical. Yes. It, rusical. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you got to get, though, you got to make sure you get tucked and arm um, waxed for that. So, yes. As if there's any other way to go into that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. So, well, how do you guys feel about uh, talking? Let's catch up on some horror movies. Yeah, I know we've all seen yes. a lot. Like this is a time boozy. Like we're let's let's catch I up. I have so much. I have a lot too, and I'm I'm really excited to talk about some of the films I've seen this week. But uh, Lindsay, I'm trying to remember some of this. Um, Lindsay, I also have one one more question. I keep interrupting. Yes. Um, I I can't remember if I mentioned this last time you were on the podcast. Was I was on for that episode? I believe. I feel like yeah, like Mungo. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I know we do so many episodes. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, and we smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's two schlock and awe podcasts. Do you, have you ever talked to the other one? No, because when I started mine, I had a very quick Google of um, mm-hmm. you know schlock and awe to see if it was actually couldn't find anything, and then yeah. I did know that there was another one there, but I never talked to them. So if they want to say hi, say hi. Yeah, um, no, but sorry, I, I, I did. I asked. <laughs> I accidentally DM'd them and then I was like, wait, that's not you. If you want to get rid of them, I know I know a guy. Yeah. You know a guy, excellent. Good to know. Um, but no, I, I I did a very quick cursory Google search, uh, yeah. Google search, which doesn't always bring up everything, but um 
that's due diligence isn't it I don't oh know. yeah no no, no. Um, i'm not saying I'm, i just mean like have you guys ever connected because like no I have, we haven't yeah i have people i share instagram names with who's like messaged me and be like hey instagram name buddy so it's like have you ever had yeah. that thing like where i i got a message from like i was put in a group chat with like this was like a meme thing that was going around for a long time a couple of years ago but it was like I received a message from a Mitch Oliver and when I went to the group right, it right. was like 70 Mitch Olivers and it was <laughs> evening fellas <laughs> and I was like, is there that many Mitch Olivers out oh there? man I did not if if you ever needed to know how I could be even less original as just mm-hmm. like a white guy who looks like this with two first names right. there are hundreds of us out there so if you did like a convention and then did like a murder mystery, it would be unsolvable. Either way, uh, very happy to be talking about some horror movies today. Do you guys want to get rolling on that? Yeah. Yes. Lindsay, can you lead us off? And uh, yeah, like it's been a while since you've been on. I know you did an episode on a film that I know Boozy wants to talk about today. Uh, oh. So we could do new releases and you could fill us in on, fill the, ter- fill the tea bags in on uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, God. We Jurassic could start Dude. her off hot. Well, we, okay, we have already talked about classic movies like Morbius and, <laughs> um, oh my God, Dominion's insane. Um, I don't know, that is, uh, it's, I have no words for Dominion. Dominion, I actually kind of enjoyed watching it. It was, um, as soon as this locust showed up, I was just giggling just constantly throughout the movie. There are so many, I mean, yeah, there's dinosaurs and dinosaurs attack and those are the cool moments. And then you have Sam Neill looking so, so goddamn confused <laughs> about why he is there. Um, a little like Jeff Goldblum, actually. Both of them are just looking around going. Jeff Goldblum knows he's there for the paycheck, though. Like, I feel like he's winking at the screen every other time. He's like, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm back. You, you want to see the bloom. That's I know where you are. But literally, yeah. Sam Neill generally does not know why he is there. And um, it's often Laura Dern trying to explain to him why he's there. And it's he's just like looking at it going. But, but why? Why do I have to do this again? <laughs> yeah, because like in three, he vehemently does not want to go back to this island. And then this one, he's just like willing to go on an adventure wait, wait. just at the fucking drop of a hat. Okay, yeah. wait, because, okay, so I haven't seen it yet, but I know Goldblum's not in Jurassic Park 3, but uh, he was in um, two. Fallen in Kingdom. Yeah. And, and Fallen Kingdom. Mm. But Fallen Kingdom like hyped him up super hard. Like in the trailers, it was all like Goldblum's back, baby. And then when you go and see it, it's like he's oh, like a five he's in the intro the and the outro yeah. of the movie. Yeah. That's it. So is Goldblum? Oh, no, he's in this fucker. He's, he's in fucking, this one. Oh, he's doing. So they shit. they brought they brought the A team back for this for this one. Hey, so yeah. This is the first. I cannot believe I haven't seen it yet. But that should show you how much I've. I didn't just go falling off nice. the Jurassic Park train because like uh, they lost me with Fallen Kingdom and uh, I've just heard nothing but bad things. I've heard nothing but bad things about this one. So I want you guys to elaborate on that. Okay, well, Fallen Kingdom, as everyone who's seen it knows, spoilers, dinosaurs are now out just roaming the world. Mm-hmm. And so in the third one, they decide, no, we're not going to do really what it's like to live with dinosaurs. We're going to put them in a sanctuary and literally go back to the park um so it's bringing it's yeah. it's bringing the old crew and the new crew together kind of at this kind of i guess dinosaur sanctuary where they're all kind of just hanging out in like um, yellowstone national park so they just go to a whole fucking island to just go to yellowstone this just and reminds it, me of like okay so like that this era that we're living in is both a super exciting time to be a horror fan and also the worst because everything and i'm going to talk about one of these movies i'm, I'm actually going to talk about two multiverse movies mm. today 
But I have a theory that the reason why we're getting so many multiverse movies is because people have been so fucking bored and so like upset with the state of the world that they're doing everything they can to get out of their own heads and into the most outlandish situations that they can. But it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's like, how, how are they? How are they? Pl- Sorry, I, I'm I'm already fired up about this. You guys keep oh, no, You haven't even fucking e- seen it. You're fired up. No, no it's easy. It's, it's easy to get fired up because at one I've hand. you memes. Yeah, at one hand, you will have Chris Pratt constantly putting his hands up like he does, like to stop oh, them, I, like he does blue. Oh, I hated that so much. And stop now, it, dinosaur, stop it. Stop it. And now he doesn't do every single dinosaur he meets, whether they have been trained by him for yeah. years, which is what the first movie established, which is why he does the hand thing with the raptors. Now he just does it to any dinosaur walking down the street. It just suddenly, hands up. That's what happens he, when you get hot, though. He, he yeah. basically when you turned get hot, into like can control dinosaurs. He, he can, turned into just... a crossing guard for dinosaurs. Basically, he's constantly he's like, "Stop, yeah. okay, you guys go across there." <laughs> That's all it is. He does it so much. It just it literally turns into a running joke of just him just putting his hands up, and the dinosaurs are just looking at him. I'm like, they're gonna bite your arm off sooner or later because I, you're I just lo- standing there, like, "Hey, eat me." <laughs> That'd be awesome if they bit his arm off. Like, imagine how, how much that would be so, like, subverting expectations of being like, okay, now Chris Pratt has one arm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love that. If just he like, finished the series with just one arm, that would be commendable. Or that, like, that, could, open up, yeah. that could open up a fourth one. So it could be like, you know what? Maybe we can't live in harmony with these beasts. <laughs> yes. We have to go and kill them all. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's because I have a special place for Fallen Kingdom because it is so dumb. And plus it yeah. is literally get dinosaurs in a haunted house. And I'm like... This I like, but the whole thing is dumb, and they kept going with the, with the with the dumb aspect of it. I don't know. It's got it's got some really great actors. I'm gonna go see a movie that has Laura Dern, Samuel, and Jeff Goldblum yeah. playing the original J Park characters because it's the original Jurassic Park crew. But um, some of the story, I mean, the bad. Oh my god, the bad guy! I was so confused. Which by one? He, oh, the, <laughs> there's uh, the no. This was not the bad guy. No, there there's two different movies in here. It, it's no, switches, there is yes, yes. Halfway through, all your villains change, and it yes. is. It makes no sense. The biotech guy, the one who actually owns the because oh, there's always oh, evil corporations. It's Dodson. Dodson. Dudson, his reactions to certain things, I swear, are just the weirdest things ever. Like, he's sort of talking about this, um, his, I guess, his protege. Like, oh, he's exactly like me. Turns to him. And it's like the first time he realizes that man is a man of color. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he just looks him up and down. And he, like, choices have been made. Yeah. You kept this in the movie. <laughs> oh, boy. Boozy, yeah. like you, you were really fired up, and like everyone knows, it's upsetting. Also, shout out, Boozy was on a recent episode of Let's Talk About Stuff, where yeah. I was, I like, I didn't even know you were going on that, and that was when, it, like, I got giddy in the morning when I like opened up my phone. I was like, new episode from Let's Talk About Stuff featuring Boozy, and it's like, <laughs> but yes. you're also you're that guy that's like, anytime someone will invite you on the show, so like, just I, I actually Lindsay, I have no idea if Shalakanar has done all the Jurassic Park movies or anything like that, but no, Boozy, not yet. That's always like your first thing to go to. Like yeah. you are a you're a certified Jurassic Park stan. If you don't 100%. love this movie, who the fuck is this for? <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like I'm an I, like from the start like as soon as I finished watching it I was angry and just had to be like a dick about it but it does feel like they took I I kind of you were a it. dick about it and I like it though it's yeah, pretty funny but it was like, funny watching all your memes th- this was my like last Jedi I feel like all that Star Wars nerd rage I get yeah. it now because it, it just transplanted to Jurassic Park um but yeah it's just it it completely became um and i i want to say that unfortunately this is part of that like superhero syndrome is to keep up with all those kind of movies and have those fantastical things they had to do all this shit in jurassic park or jurassic world and it sucked it was just like the whole point of like those movies even look at like lost world especially is this idea of like there's no way you can survive out here you you know like (laughs) these dinosaurs are a constant threat to you and to just have it like they felt like such an after and they were an afterthought because the first 45 minutes maybe has one or two dinosaurs yeah and and, like is your favorite part of a dinosaur movie locusts they're also not from no it's chris pratt but they're not um if if you want genetically (laughs) modified locusts um they're also not from like a prehistoric era they're just locusts they're just Mm. like that's it um, and then they go to, oh, was it like Abu Dhabi or something? Where's that? Where the fuck do they go? I don't the, know. It was. I hope either, you got it, that wrong because that would sound horrible. No, dude, it was. It was like the most like generic like it, any movie you've ever seen where they go to like a distant land and there's like a supermarket. Yeah. This is all of that combined. Uh, and yes. And and then there's like they're driving around and there's like a I don't know I I hated it I hated it. There's so many different interchangeable bad guys that they set up to be like oh and then you never you're like who the fuck is this person um there's one bad guy who has a dinosaur tattoo on his face whoa yeah yeah it's that's pretty 2022 of him yeah i think i think just the the thing i'm most frustrated about is there's zero stakes to it you don't feel you feel like your characters are in a dream like they they survive like things that like no one ever should like they they get out of plane crashes and they're totally fine and then they run through a jungle and you know it's just it's stuff like that where it's really hard to watch it and like my girlfriend kept telling me like sit down because I was literally like squirming in my seat I was like oh this sucks I've been there with Boozy where I've seen him like kind of stand up during a theater like, yeah. in a theater. <laughs> I, I wanted to leave honestly and yeah. it's just like and like, cinema like, baby when it can like get Lindsay when it had can mentioned the hand thing like it's it's I, I shouldn't care that he puts his hand out in front of him but it's so fucking annoying because it, it doesn't also, make sense it should also be said that you love Jurassic World like the first it's, one and the, the first, first one yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Like it. yeah, it's it's kind of weird because D- Domain has actually these little moments that I generally do love. Because um, speaking at the beginning when you see a few dinosaurs, there's a boat that gets attacked, a fishing boat that gets attacked by a one of those big fish ones. And that's incredible. Or when at a logging company, there's this, um, oh, I still call them Brontosaurus. Oh, the Brachiosaurus even, or whatever? The Brachiosaurus, yeah. Yes, He's that just was wandering a... through. That, yeah. I mean, there was stuff like that. I'm like, okay, can we do more of this? Actually, what it's like to, okay, so now we've got dinosaurs just living in the world. They're not yeah. kind of separated. They're part of now the ecosystem. How does that readjust? And they just went, oh, no, a scientist decided to make um a blended locust. And so they would eat, so he could sell more genetically it turns into oh, just a corporate greed thing but not in a it dinosaur in, way but not in a dinosaur way and it's kind of just like that was the movie you decided to go with not like oh 
you could have a T-Rex wandering through New York. You could have anything. Yeah. That's what the whole point wants. of the series yeah. that they were going for is like, oh God, they've been unleashed in the world. How will they affect the ecosystem? And they do show a little bit of like, oh, of course they have to like eat other things. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're mm. blending into crowds and stuff and doing all that. And then they just, they don't care. They're just like, we rounded them all up. They're not on the planet. They're just in Yellowstone National Park. Don't worry about it. Mm. I feel like corporate greed has been like an ongoing theme throughout Jurassic Park for good reason, but it doesn't sound like uh, they handled it's, it. I, it turned kind of like just the, the uh, like the company just became greedy and they made a shitty movie with it. <laughs> oh, that's not like them. Isn't, it, isn't that Disney? Doesn't Disney own uh, Jurassic Park? No, it's, no, it's Universal. Disney oh, owns okay. everything. Yeah, Disney owns yeah. everything except for Jurassic Park, apparently. No, it's... Um, yeah, but corporate grid has always been entwined in the movies because it's always been this thing about how they think you can control nature and nature's always going to come back and bite you in the ass or just eat you, is, is the case with Jurassic Park. But they don't really do... Yeah, it's just this boring corporate greed. And even though they set up these massive... St- yeah, Boozy's right. There's no stakes, but they keep setting up these stakes. Like, oh, the locusts are going to destroy all the food population because they're stronger than we think they are. And then, so half the world's going to starve to death. Yeah, but no one's really that concerned about it yeah. absolutely at all so yeah. what's the point in getting invested in that kind of um food source kind of plot of how and it's not again it should be about how dinosaurs are affecting the ecosystem not um how some l- weird stuttering lunatic who doesn't actually know anything <laughs> is creating locusts and there's a sad bd wong now just hugging a briefcase going oh. i'm sad I'm like, you were trying to make him a likable character, and it's like, no, you've already no. turned him heel. Like, you can't. Yeah. Who is it? Who, which character is this? Do I know him? The, um, yes, BD Wong is the uh, Asian doctor or the Asian okay. scientist from like, the, the one that the one and yeah, and so he comes what, back. What into the world fuck and is the, does Sam yeah. Neill have to do in this movie? Is what I want to know. Okay, so he's really annoyed that he doesn't get laid. And he basically just went back to being the same character he was from Jurassic Park, like the first one, before they even dealt with the dinosaurs. So he just like, you know, he rearranged himself as a character to just be that guy. He's just old and crotchety now. He's Beavis. And then and he was old and crotchety in the first one, to be yeah. fair. I mean, so yeah. he just begrudgingly goes through with like the only difference in this one is he puts up less of a fight to go anywhere. He literally is just like, oh, I guess we have to go over here. <laughs> well, I guess if Laura Dern does come into your tent, you're going to go, yes. Um, but yeah, I do love the whole thing that he's, yes, I do love the fact that he is still like, I'm going to dig dinosaur bones. There's fucking dinosaurs wandering around literally while you're digging. Yeah. Just kill one and take his bones if you fucking want it that bad. (laughs) I just want to see Sam Neill muscle up some kids like he does in the first one. Cause that's like my favorite (laughs) Sam Neill moment where he's like, so annoying that they couldn't get the kids back. I wanted to see yeah. the kids make a comeback. Oh, yeah, that, Unless they're yeah. like Anakin Skywalker or just like a drug fucking... Hey, Anakin's doing great. He's in... You're the one who loves Obi-Wan. Hayden yeah, Christians. no, no, no. Not Hayden are you, Oh, you're, you're Asian, talking like about the one from Annie. Jingle all the way. Yeah. yeah. The one who got bullied out of the franchise. I'll say, that never also, happens um, in Star Wars. No, not. everyone's... everyone's Instagram. Yeah, everyone's super of... stable-minded. And I know. Fine. They keep sort of saying, yeah, every time I go, oh, no, Star Wars fans are the best. They love the thing. I'm like... They're not bullies. They're not racist. I'm like, ah, uh, hey, can you you want to go back to the '70s? Because I'm pretty sure Billy D. Yeah. Williams has some things to say. Yeah, um, I didn't think it's... everyone was that racist until um, Second Sister started existing from the Obi Wan <laughs> thing, and people got real mad about that. Yeah. Oh, and people have gone, yeah, they, it's 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 pathetic. Like, we're not even going to go down that road no. because we're having fun here. 
Um, um, can I just say one last thing about Dominion? Yeah. Um, they spent so much time with the Giganotosaurus being like, this is the biggest fucking thing that's ever walked this planet. And let me tell you, if it, it's the biggest thing, but it is the least um, coordinated and useful creature I've ever seen on this planet. It does nothing. Um, imagine the Jurassic Park, like the first scene of the T-Rex attacking from the original Jurassic Park. Now imagine mm -hmm. that they easily defeat it and it goes away. Pretty much. Um, every single time they try and introduce a bigger dinosaur, it sucks. And then they bring back the T-Rex, which by the way, they've kind of followed the idea that T-Rexes um, within within a lot of um, paleontology, that it was more of a scavenger. It wasn't a predator. It wasn't the kind of the king of the, of the dinosaurs. But every single time they have to bring in T-Rex and she's usually as awesome as she was in the first one. And then she's the one that kicks ass. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like, just keep using the T-Rex. <laughs> she looks awesome if stop it, it. Broke, don't yeah don't fix don't fix, yeah. It. fix it yeah okay so it sounds like jurassic park or jurassic world dominion is not a hit uh it's a dud for me it's a dud i just still think it's worth watching because you're just watching it going choices yeah okay <laughs> i've seen yeah. Halloween it does not kills. need to be two this. hours and 48 yeah. minutes yeah. long either it sounds like the yeah. halloween kills of jurassic park movies so hey i like um, <laughs> Okay, well, I want to, I'll shift this a little bit because this is going to be the only non-horror film that I talk about today. And I know that that I'm the one who specifically put it and oh, put in that rule that we Morbius. cannot. Morbius. No, we've already <laughs> talked about Morbius. We did that last week. And Morbius is more of a horror movie than this. I'm just here to say Beavis and Butthead do the universe is one of the best things I have seen in a very fucking long Wait, time. There's a new Beavis and Butthead? There is a new Beavis oh and Butthead Oh my god, I, I didn't know this. It is so good. It is so funny. I legitimately fell out of my bed laughing. Okay, I gotta <laughs> watch part. this. Beavis and Butthead is one of those things that I grew up just adoring. Like, I yeah. loved Beavis and Butthead. I had the Super Nintendo game. I had Beavis and Butthead comics. Like, I was obsessed with they those two idiots. They were also cool because they like metal and shit. Exactly. But I'm telling you, I have not watched anything Beavis and Butthead related since I was maybe 10 years old. Right. And going back to this now, I realize how much smarter it has been the entire time and how you need, like... It gets better with age because you start understanding what the the whole show is just basically them trying to score, like yeah. it's just them being dumbasses trying to get laid but never leaving <laughs> their to houses. Score. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> score. It's no, it is Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Honestly, is up there with everything everywhere all at once for me this year as a movie that I just Holy fucking shit. loved. Like I loved it that much. I've watched it twice now. I watched it again this morning to make sure it wasn't just the mushrooms that I was. Right. <laughs> but I, um, I, I am here to say, if you have access to mushrooms, there is no movie better than Beavis and Butthead do the universe. <laughs> it is comedic social commentary gold. It is so funny. Beavis has a relationship. Social commentary, with... huh? Beavis is dating Siri. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I have to say that Mike—it was it. Mike, Mike Judge, you did the you did the original, yeah. or was yep. it? Yeah. And he did this new one too, and he's done King yeah. of Hell and Idiocracy yes. and, and 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 the Office. Oh, no, the uh, Office space. Um, yeah, he's got the crew back together because he. This cast is insane. I mean, yeah, Stephen Root and Gary Cole are there. Tignatero, um, Martin Starr. I oh mean, I'm gonna have. To, I am so gonna have. Oh to my god, this. I love Martin Starr. Because I love Beavis yeah. and Butthead to America. That, oh, 
And okay, Lindsay, that's what happened is I hadn't, so I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen Do America since I was 10 years old. So oh, what I, was, I did right yeah. after, right. And I loved it as a kid, but right after I finished Do the Universe, I put on Do America and I was like, oh my God, I did not, like, there's no way I picked up on any of this when I was a kid. I just liked it because it was animation and they were kind of goofy idiots. But holy fuck, it is one of the funniest things and one of the most enjoyable things I've seen all year. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, it, it was such a welcome, welcome return to my life where I'm like, I'm now like, I want to go through and watch all of King of the Hill again. Uh, like it's that love- good. I, uh, King of the Hill is one of those shows that the older you get, the funnier it is. That's exactly what getting too. more of the jokes. That, that, yeah. that is mostly it, yeah, because Do America was the first movie, movie I'd watched under, well, well, well on weed. Um, and yep. it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And you go back, but no, I think that's my judge. The older you get, the funnier he gets, because you realize how oh, yeah. freaking intelligent he is. The first time I saw Idiocracy, I was so annoyed by it. It's like, no one is this yes. stupid. You watch it again and you're like, oh, this is fucking gold because this, oh, is, it's, this, is, uh, this yeah. is the world. Like, <laughs> I had no idea that Beavis and Butthead is essentially just all about white privilege. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's what like do do the universe. It's just like it's all like look at these stupid fucking white guys who think that they can do anything and like how small their brains are and how much of the population is just like this. Like it's oh no, it's that is so office, funny. That is office space. It's about this one guy. It's my favorite who decides- comedy. I don't want to work anymore. And he gets away with it because everyone thinks he's a genius. And you have everyone else, the poor guy called Michael Michael Bolton. You have the um, South Asian guy. And they are just looking at him and going, how the hell do you get away with this? And he's just like, "Eh." it's it's that. (laughs) Straight up, straight up, like not even, I I know I have a tendency to be hyperbolic, but I have said it like Office Space is my favorite comedy of all time. I think it's like, (laughs) it's one of those movies that anyone who has worked a job that they hate can fully relate and to I this movie. I think that's what makes it like it's, it's the relatability that makes it, gets, it better. Yeah, it gets better and better with time. Like I've had, oh man, like Office Spaces. That's like top uh, top of the list in my comfort foods. Like if mm-hmm. I'm having like a really really bad day or I'm going through something shitty, like I have underestimated Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it is so good. So I needed to mention that on the show. Uh, much like we've mentioned Chip and Dale recently and, uh, you know, other Good movie, surprisingly. That movie has Very no... Very good. Yeah. This Roger Rabbit ripoff has no right to be as good as it was. I mean, the whole whale rap. I mean, yeah. Is... Oh, it is so good. It is so good. But yeah, I, need, I needed to mention it. Um, absolutely loved it. It does everything to assure you that your brain is not going to be interrupted with ADD. Like, that's, that's what Beavis and Butthead is to me. It's just like the ADD brain times mm-hmm. 100 and put on screen with the dumbest oh. characters oh my god it's so good um, i am so what i am so watching this this yeah the, i yes. i am excited please, <laughs> please let me know what you, think. <laughs> you didn't know this came out no i didn't know I was... okay so how this happened was uh it was the day that we were premiering the druid's hand at the theater and scott hamilton mm-hmm. our composer and like the film projectionist the, the film programmer at the broadway theater where we where we screened it mm-hmm. um he came up to me he's like e- quick you because he could tell i was super stressed out like because i was so nervous about like my first screening it was sold out i was just like i was a mess mm-hmm. he's like quick you need to take a quick break give yourself a breather watch this and he pressed play on He's like, there's a new Beavis and Butthead movie coming out. <laughs> and it was the trailer. And we both <laughs> sat there just laughing our asses off. And the movie surpasses the trailer. It is, it yeah. is so good. 
between yeah, that and us getting that. Jackass Forever and Jackass Forever actually being awesome, man, what a, what a great time to be a part of bro culture. <laughs> this is the good part. This is the part of culture I want. This is because the... it's making fun of bro culture. Like, and yes. Jackass is doing the same thing. Like, it, it, it as much as some Even... people might disagree, it is. They're making oh, fun it... of the idiots. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, I was hate used to hate Jackass because I would. I think I watched the vomit and just went, no, this is this is yeah. not a thing. And then I went, and I even enjoyed Jackass four point five. Oh, it's so good. So good. I yeah. actually forgot how much penis is in Jackass. Like I'm watching oh. it going, I forgot how much penis is in the. Oh yeah, they the things. Yeah, and they are just all free, all kind of thing. But yeah, no, they make fun of themselves and they do it to themselves. It's yes. not like it's kind of like Beavis and Butthead. It's not. It's exactly. pro culture, yeah. but they just, everything's on themselves. They don't do it. They don't inflict it on people who do not want to be there. Like that's the problem though, is I think that both of these things, they attract the wrong crowd. Um, yeah. It's kind of like pain. Like I notoriously talk about pain and gain. Michael, Michael Bay is pain and gain where I remember when that trailer came out, I was like, talk about a movie that I never ever want to see. And I thought it looked mm. so bad. I went to it. I'm like, Oh my God, this is actually genius. And like that movie is yeah. fucking hilarious. And it's that he's, they're making fun of those people. And like, it's making fun of like the mindsets and the the culture around toxic bros. And yes. that's exactly what these movies do. And it's so funny. It's so like Beavis and Butthead do, do the universe is so intelligent. Like yeah. it is so well thought out what they're, what there's, there's comments on cancel culture that I love so much. Like they're, they're, <laughs> I'm just going to spoil it for a second. There's a moment where because notoriously back in the day, Beavis and Butthead would use the word that is now obviously for good reason become a very problematic word, slut. And mm. they say, like, Butthead says in one part, he's trying to pick up a girl and he goes, There's some sluts back at our place. Do you want to join us? And a girl comes into the frame and goes, Okay, everyone stop. This is teachable. This is teachable. Like, yeah. we can fix this. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, this is so genius. <laughs> it's just common. There's a on lesson it. to be learned here. Exactly. Yeah. And oh yeah. man, it won over my whole heart. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Like, it, is, <laughs> it is so good. No, Mike Judge is one of the smartest co yeah. comedians or comic creators working. Like I, I, I dare anyone not to go and watch anything he does and just sit there and go, Holy shit! I was stoned oh, yeah. when I was watching this as a teenager. Now I'm watching yep. it. I'm like, going, like oh, idiocracy. He's... Yeah. yeah, he's absolutely saying something. Um, idiocracy is amazing. It took me two watches to go to finally kind of click to what he exactly what he was doing because everyone yeah. just annoyed me. It's like, stop putting Gatorade on the plants. That should be easy. <laughs> um, but no, <laughs> no, I I'm so excited. So I was looking up before saying, okay, what thing is this on? Um, but I can watch it. Yeah, I can totally. I have Paramount's. Um, there you go. So I am going to watch this and be very excited. <laughs> Enjoy. It is great. I will. All right. So that was. I have a couple more things I want to talk about. Let, let's mm -hmm. uh, take it around the room. Boozy, do you want to lead off with one? Uh, yeah, I kind of want to mention one because it's more of a, a celebration. So I watched because everybody else was talking about it. I uh, checked out Jaws two. I can't remember how many years it's been since it was released, but everyone was making a big deal out of that. Who was making a big deal out of Just Just Who's great, but who was making Just a big Who deal is out great? Of it? No, because it yeah. was it, it was um uh I don't I don't care. It was a celebration of Jaws 2. All these people were talking about it. So I was like, hey, I also like Jaws 2. I'm gonna watch this. Such a good movie. I, I love how uh how vengeful uh it is. It's just it's like a mean fucking movie. You have like uh 
uh, for anyone who's seen it obviously it has like a a uh, big ass great white shark that halfway through gets like maimed with like fire so it's mm-hmm. like it, it basically it's michael myers it's michael myers yeah, yeah. And it, it's so cool to watch that i i think those uh, are fantastic especially the second one it doesn't get nearly enough credit it does not get the credit that it deserves because like that of course it's nowhere even close to the original but it is such a fun campy slasher movie on its own it is a really good movie yeah no, it's, it, it's fun no it just had the unfortunate thing of being the jaws sequel um yeah. which kind of sucks for everyone involved because it's like well there's jaws and jaws 2 is still really fun i mean the whole Thing with the kids on the boat and then yes. the, oh, yes. just picking them off one by one i absolutely adore it is so you're right it is such a mean this shark is out for revenge and he does not care yeah yeah what is happening he's it's, gonna get those kids it's yeah. kind of like you know you, you can't go from morbius to morbius too like it's just gonna be nothing but downhill from there <laughs> really apparently. is yeah but, but yeah I, no jaws 2 is yeah. so good well i would generally um, watch all the jaws movies even four i i still have fun with um but no jaws 2 is actually really solid it's just a really solid movie. If it was and called I think, anything yeah. else, it would be like it would be like another one of the big shark movies. Legit. Yeah, yeah it, it would be something yeah. else. <clears throat> cool. All right. I also um I have to say I've been scrounging through Tubi and yes. speak. I just have to because this is uh speaking of Jaws, I found something incredible. Blades. Uh, Blades. <laughs> 1989's Blades. Um, I still have to see this. I know, yeah, oh, I know of it. It's a golf course, yeah. Classic, yes. So yeah. it's about a um a vengeful lawnmower that <laughs> haunts, <laughs> I guess, haunts a golf course. And it is it's basically Jaws. They just replaced Shark with Lawnmower and they added some characters and changed some to be just one character instead of three. And holy shit, it is incredible. The violence is it it never doesn't take itself seriously and i think that's the best part it like it it constantly winks about it but it's like yeah we know we're making jaws here but with the lawnmower but it is so fun i i definitely recommend that everyone check this out if you're in for a good time 80s horror movie and there's no to be clear there's not two wesley snipes in this movie zero no they oh. didn't clone wesley snipes um to make him even more in debt but uh <laughs> All right, Blades. Uh, so the, the Vengeful Lawnmower film. Yeah, no, that's a, that is now on my list since I saw you post it on your Instagram. Yeah, uh, I also I tried watching a film called... Oh, no, that one wasn't on there. I, there was one other one I tried watching on Tubi and I legit had to turn it off because it was so bad. Which That's like, saying a lot. Happens. That's yes, saying a yeah. lot. Uzi doesn't turn Tubi movies off. Which movie was this? Let's hear this. Mm, well, I want to say Citizen oh, Kane. I want to say it was Casablanca. Night Killer from 1990. <laughs> oh man, what? I've heard that movie's what? great. No, that movie was... is insane. I mean, it's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible movie, but yeah. it is, it's kind yeah. of on the terrible level where you're just watching it with your mouth on the floor going, oh my well, God, her, someone filmed this. this. Yeah. I've heard this yeah. movie's great. I, I was actually going to watch it. Maybe it was that day. one because I, it's not Bloody Rage. And I, I know I talked about how awesome Blood Bloody Rage. Rage is. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you um, love Blood Rage. That's about it, though. That's also, it for wanna, you? Yeah, I also just want to say that Kenobi is fucking incredible. Um, well, because I, I watched this other movie. I watched this movie called My Son. And also, like, I didn't want to talk about it too much, but it's not good. And it's got, uh, what's his name from, uh, oh, God. James McAvoy? Yeah, it's got James McAvoy. That's the only reason I watched it. And it sounded really cool. because It's it was not like, good. Oh, where's my son? But it's just so boring. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. The, the, yeah, my, so I, I had never heard of this film, but looking at it, I'm like, oh, this looks right up my alley. Yeah, uh, I thought it would be great, but nope. All right. So it's no, uh, it's no blades. It's what no blades. <laughs> all right. Uh, Lindsay, do you want to talk about another horror flick that you've seen recently? Yeah, I finally got around. No, I'm going to do this one. Um, I finally got around to watching, uh, speaking of Spielberg, Duel for the first time. Um, nice. It, it, yeah, Spielberg, good director. Um, that Ooh. is. <laughs> who? 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 Uh, yeah, he's, he's an up and comer. I think he's got a. Um, yeah, he's got a bit of a future. He's the next M. Light Shyamalan, is what people he are is. saying. He is. Pretty much. Yeah, he's going to be the next M. Light Shyamalan. Um, no, there's. I mean, this is a TV. This oh, this was released internationally, but it, American TV movie, and there is so much craft in this thing. And you're just sort of watching this truck going. That truck is going to kill him. This is not a truck that is fucking around. And all because he overtook him. Like it was such the pettiest thing. Of but what I love about it because it is about um, a male being demasculated. That very seventies notion of not being a proper man. Mm-hmm. And when he's actually overtaking the truck, he's listening to like a tall fat radio thing on um, weak men. It is the funniest thing ever. Cause, and then he has to go and he, and the only thing he can do is up run the truck. That's the only thing he can do. He can't fight the truck. He can't, I don't know. It's when you have uh, Richard Matheson writing a movie, it's going to be very intelligent as well as um, freaking cool with, with, with the massive, massive truck. But no, I watched it all. It was awesome. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. What year is that from? Oh, 72. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, do you have a couple more? Because I have a couple more. I could knock off. I'll knock off two. Yeah, you knock off two and then I can knock off two. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with one that I'm not going to talk too, too much about because there isn't a whole lot to talk about. But I finally, mm-hmm. finally caught up with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, so this <laughs> is second. Is that Doctor Strange? Yes. Two? This is mm-hmm. the one that was directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, you know, Benedict Why did it Cumberbatch. take you so long to watch this? I ju- it's not as easy Explain to see <laughs> it's no because that's actually a good a good question because normally this is one of the first like Marvel movies that I hadn't seen in the theater as well and like so I watched it when it hit Disney plus I had heard so many bad things about it and like uh that doesn't normally deter me from something that I'm actually just already interested in seeing uh, like keep in mind I'm the guy who saw the devil inside in the theater so like I see bad <laughs> movies um it's art it's so difficult to get out to the theater from where i'm living for the amount of money that it costs to do it so i just don't see as much stuff anymore uh but i've recently started uh just walking and taking like a very very long walk to the theater and it's been kind of nice like i'm going to talk about two other movies that i saw in the theater recently so i've been seeing movies more frequently than normal recently uh but yeah no i caught up with dr strange i loved it (laughs) <laughs> I went in with my arms firmly crossed because I had heard all of the criticism and I think I might just not be taking the Marvel Cinematic Universe as seriously as everyone else's these days and that's not any slight on anyone who does because you know there's been recent Marvel movies that I've really liked like uh, Shang-Chi was awesome I mm. uh, love that but uh, the like Black Widow didn't do much for me uh, Eternals I didn't make it through <laughs> um dr strange and the multiverse of madness this is a movie that is like i can i can both understand all of the criticisms that are thrown its way because this movie is a fucking mess but it's so entertaining when you are a sam raimi stan and i'm totally one of those people that i i went into like i 
I got caught up in all the Sam Raimi camera techniques and like the Evil Dead throwbacks. It just won me over with all of that. Like there were so many problems with the movie that I actually just stopped caring because I was having so much fun watching him turn it and turn Doctor Strange into an Evil Dead movie. And I'm also one of those people who have always said like, you guys shut up. It's not going to be a horror movie. Like everyone is like, oh, they're making a, a Marvel horror movie. I'm like, shut up. It's going to be like darker. It's not a horror movie. This movie has some real actual horror movie scenes. And I loved that about it. Like specifically, there's like a scene where one, like, uh, what's her name? Sorry, um, Scarlet Witch is like coming through reflections in a mm. room and like in puddles and stuff like that. I was like, oh my God, he's just remaking Evil Dead 2 but with Doctor Strange and like I could see that being a problem too is like did we need to see him remake Evil Dead 2 with with Doctor Strange my answer yes because this formula has become really fucking boring and there hasn't been a lot of stuff that's been separating it from like the movies have started to blend together again and this one stands really firmly on its own but for all all of the bad reasons, I understand why people like wouldn't like it as much. It definitely feels like an in-between movie. It feels like the plot doesn't really go anywhere because the whole movie is based around a plot that has already been solved in mm. WandaVision. <laughs> and it's like, but we're going to do WandaVision again. And mm. it's going to be darker and it's a horror movie this time. So like, I'm fully aware that I sound like a hypocrite here. Uh, but I loved all the Sam Raimi-isms, Pizza Poppy or whatever his name is love yeah. loved him loved him loved all the monsters uh i think that you know the the main issue that i think someone could have with this movie is that the script is kind of like wonky and weird and this was just a fun time and i i'm gonna watch it again i i really liked it i had a lot of fun with it and especially the ending uh because it's like it, it's the evil dead it's evil dead oh <laughs> i mean there's, there's i mean there's a moment when a a demon flies out of Stephen Strange's eyeball, which mm. I was just like, fuck yes, Raimi. No, I'm yes. in the middle. I'm in the middle with this. I, when Raimi gets to go Raimi and it's all through the movie, I don't think it's just the yeah. evil dead stuff. I think when um, Dr. Strange jumps off a building for the first time to go fight that first creature, Feels like it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah. Spider-Man. This is Spider-Man's New York, which I'm like, oh yes. Okay, this is awesome. I think it is very wonky. I think there is a portion in the middle that I think is just uh, fanfic marvel the movie um which i got annoyed about um the fanfare oh my god the fanfare is ridiculous it's so incredibly over the top it's incredible the fact the fact that they go really violent with it i kind of love but the fact when they started popping up i'm like oh yeah here we go it's what if um yeah they (laughs) they snap the neck of a very very famous character that hasn't been in this mcu verse yet and i was like i think i love that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because like there was a while there where I'm like oh my god they're just trying to fit everyone into this aren't they like yeah, it's just yeah. fan, it's fanfare of the movie but when they snapped that one character's neck I was like god damn that was actually pretty <laughs> fucking gnarly and I wasn't expect- that's where I was like oh maybe it is kind of a horror movie like there's some real oh. horror sequences in this film there are absolutely and I think it is absolute horror movie um they let Raimi be Raimi for absolutely a lot of it I think yeah, this is a kind of a also a movie that was kind of a victim of um, COVID because it was meant to be the first big one out of the gate, even before WandaVision. And yeah. then COVID happened. So I know there was massive reshoots, which you can't sort of say the what if of what this movie could have been, but that finale, it, you can't take it away from anything. I mean, it has 
stuff in it that wasn't even an evil dead it is sam raimi's got okay i have the money i have the effects what do what do i want to do i want to make a wings out of demons okay done um and it is really really cool um yeah i think when i watch it again i'm just gonna enjoy the raminess of it and just like you just kind of forget the other the, the other stuff um because i haven't seen a marvel movie which i'll continue to go see them but i haven't seen a marvel movie since endgame that's really um kind of oh i like that i really like that they've all been kind of middling um and even when i saw eternals as soon as the, the people in the theater started turning on the movie i started enjoying it more because i thought it was so hilarious that how quickly everyone turned against it yeah oh, <laughs> same yeah. thing happened with the dead don't die with the jamus movie i was sitting in there and everyone's hating this movie and i'm just like giggling my ass off <laughs> yeah no for sure it's yeah it, it's a wild wild little movie that uh it is i'm not i'm not gonna say it like yeah, it, it's just, it was enjoyable for me. I'm just not taking it overly seriously, I think. And uh, yeah, take that with a grain of salt with my review about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's like, I don't know, I just had, I had fun with it. So yeah. I'm kind of okay with that. But Lindsay, what other stuff have you seen recently? Um, I saw the new Mickey Keating movie that's on Shutter at the moment, Off, Shit, Off Season, with um, Jocelyn uh, Donahue. And I think my favorite genre of movie is Jocelyn Donahue dicking around somewhere, uh, which is off season. She's basically <laughs> um, having to go back to this island her mother grew up on and is buried there, which you find out may have been a ploy to get her literally back to this, this island, which they cut off at off season during winter. And it's a really kind of, again, Italian horror movie shot movie um of just Jocelyn wandering around and crazy and crazy things keep happening like she it's literally you go to a place and then you can't get out of again um because things are uh, are coming for you but um no it's a, it's a, I really enjoyed it it's a really solid solid little horror movie and that just came out on Shutter yeah just came out on I was Shutter. gonna say I yeah I have Shutter and I didn't I didn't see that mm. one yeah that I sounds didn't, cool. I'll yeah it so like I know the only thing I knew about was that was the new Jocelyn Donahue movie I honestly mm. didn't even know it was Mickey Keating so yeah I'm definitely mm. looking forward to checking that one out yeah right, um cool. yeah I also saw Men by Alex Gardner um which we both I'm like did. yes I'm yeah. liking it more now that I think about it more because I did have a conversation with someone and we kind of even though I don't necessarily think it's a movie you have to talk about, it was nice to have that conversation because I do think it is Alexander going, wow, God really hates women. And we're like, yes, yes, we already know. Um, but do they you're do gonna... the two and a half men theme at any point? <laughs> no, sadly. I, I, but I didn't stay for the end credits. So, um, that is a missed opportunity. Yeah, There's yeah. The credits. It really is. But if you're going to have a movie with 1970s folk horror elements, I'm all in. So um, it looks beautiful. It's a beautifully made movie. Yeah, no, I told you, that was, I have two left to talk about, and that's one of them, and uh, mm. so yeah, I, I got out to see Men before it left theaters, and I was really, really excited about this one, because I'm a huge fan of Alex Garland, uh, mm. you know, Ex Machina, and uh, Annihilation, and even, like, his writing, like, he wrote the book for uh, The Beach, and I'm a big fan of his, and I had heard that this is his most pretentious movie, and that would be why I would like it, is what my friends had told me, <laughs> and... <laughs> So I went to it and I'm like, all right, touche. Like I do, like I'm a guy who I love mother. And that's why I think uh, my stance on it is I need to see it again. I don't mm. think that one time around, I've seen two movies recently where I've said that. And the thing is, 
crimes of the future i don't really have any interest in seeing again yeah um men i do want to see again but i did feel like i missed something or something didn't click with me the way that i wish it would have uh because i'm definitely like i wanted to go in and love that movie and i kind of left lukewarm i think it has like some incredible stuff at the end like there's there's some there's some insane insane imagery that you would just will not see anywhere else this year it's the kind of imagery i was expecting from crimes of the future but i got it from men instead Mm. and uh so like people who are looking for that really outlandish wild stuff you're gonna find that in men but they were just i'm a guy who like i love allegory in films and i love Mm. like i'm an i'm a darren aronofsky guy so like i love the smell of my own farts like it's just i'm i'm a guy who likes those kinds of pretentious ass movies but I just couldn't, I, if I never see an apple in a film again, it'll be too soon. Um, and it's, there's a lot of I, that in this. I do love how they just make the apple so goddamn obvious. It's oh, not it's, even yeah, like, it's, it's, not even trying it's, to hide it. Yeah. It's not even trying to hide it. It's like, there's the apple, there it is. And you have Rory Killman, who I actually really loved in this movie. I mean, it's kind of like the 1970s BBC sketch show that totally. poor Jesse Buckley is stuck in um but it is yeah the uh, i'm just like i was just like oh okay at least you're not hiding at least you're not trying this big metaphor or just like this i'm doing i'm doing the apple it's like no if there's the apple she ate it yeah then that things are going to go forward (laughs) exactly and there's still a lot of wieners in this one so it's kind of like jackass where there's a lot of wieners more than i was expecting that was my first reaction when i left it i'm like men more schlong than you'd think (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) men who would have thought yeah. Who would have thought? Which I should not have been surprised by with a movie called Men. But yeah. um, no, there, there's a lot of dick. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. But uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I certainly didn't hate it, but it is one that I'm actually like, I'm I'm looking forward to re-watching like this year. Like I'm going to watch mm. it again because uh, I didn't hate it by any means. It's just it something about it didn't fully click with me. I of course love the horror. Like it goes extreme horror in the, the last couple of minutes. And that was a lot of fun. Mm. um and like you said it's it's a very beautiful film like it's very it looks really good it's shot extremely well I just I don't think that there's any way that Alex Garland would have made a movie as as lazy as like I'm making it sound like it was like by doing the the whole Apple thing like I feel like there's a lot more to it that I just didn't pick up on as an audience member no, there, there, there is, because even when I, when the ending happened, I was like, okay, if this is this one thing that's happened, fuck you, movie. And I think it's that, but I don't think it's that at the same time. I think there's a little bit more going on in it that I think it is um, ultimately dealing with, even if um, I'm sitting there going, yes, I already know, God hates women. This is, this is, thank you, Alex, for letting me know. But um, it's really beautiful. I love the whole um, industrial Britain kind of, kind of uh left to nature kind of element to the movie as well i love um i love jesse buckley's performance i love everything about it and i the more it's a movie i haven't actually stopped thinking about since so i think um yeah i'm gonna watch it this year again as well because there's more i want to pick up on yeah absolutely awesome yeah so that's men um i have one last one i want to talk about do you have anything else you want to touch on Lindsay? uh no i'm good you can i have a question for Lindsay really quick yeah I saw recently you watched Nightmare Beach. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Yeah, Nightmare Beach rules. Take <laughs> <laughs> it. So that's yeah, not that's... a Goosebumps episode? Well, it could be. Um, yeah. But it's well, a, a it, great it, 80s slasher. Uh, kind of like a spring break kind of thing, but with a guy in a motor- with a guy with a motorcycle helmet, just like 
killing everyone. It's um, in really great ways, actually. It's a really great solo slasher, yeah. Yeah. Okay. John Saxon's awesome. in it. It's awesome. <laughs> John Saxon, America's. I yeah. think I talked about it a little while ago. It's on Tubi, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. Nightmare Beach. Yeah. The last one I want to talk about is the brand new release film. For, so it's an adaptation of Joe Hill's short story, uh, but it was written by the by C. Robert Car- Cargill, who's an author, podcaster, and film critic. Uh, he also wrote the film Sinister and the original Doctor Strange, and. Uh, the film was directed by Scott Derrickson. It is The Black Phone. Oh, I'm seeing this in a couple of weeks. I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no. So I, I went and saw it the other night. Uh, yeah, I went and saw The Black Phone. So Scott Derrickson's the director who brought us films like the uh, the original Doctor. Or, so when I say the original, I actually don't know if there's an older version of Doctor Strange. Uh, but the first Benedict Cum- Cumberbatch one, uh, he was supposed to do in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, that's but- Doctor Normal. Okay, but he he uh, he notoriously notoriously was uh, supposed he he was the one who came up with the name in the multiverse of madness, mm. but he left the project due to creative differences. And from podcasts I've listened to recently with him and Cargill, uh, it sounds like he really didn't want to do that movie. And like this is more what he wants to do. This is the director mm. who made The Exorcism of Emily Rose and Sinister. Um, so Cargill and Derrickson both made Sinister a couple of years ago with Blumhouse but yeah this is the new one the Black Phone starring Ethan Hawke and yeah I loved it I thought this movie was super super creepy and just it was a lot of fun for being a movie that's so fucking dark uh it is very very dark it's about a child grabber like it's it's they call him the grabber and he's played by (laughs) Ethan Hawke and he's a child murderer and it's insinuated that he's a pedophile and he's a murderer and he's doing horrendous things to these kids and um, it's kind of like in the vein of something like summer of 84 which is a movie that came out a couple of years ago mm-hmm. that uh like if you're into the movies like that this is gonna blow your hair back because this movie was a so l- is it more serious then oh yeah oh like, yeah is it like kind of like clovefish killer uh I would say like it's it's definitely it's more paced for uh, like in mainstream audiences right, than Clove right. Killer, but mm. it's, it's boozy. The Bloomhouse I'm, version of that. I'll be very surprised if you don't dig this movie. Like I'll be very surprised. It looks cool. Yeah, it's mm. it's no, really really tense, really well acted for the most part. Specifically, and Ethan Hawke is a good villain. Oh man, and that yeah, Ethan Hawke is someone that you don't really ever see play a character like this. Yeah, and that's what I mean. If there's any criticism that I have towards the movie, it's that I wish I would have seen more interaction between him and the kids. But yeah. I can also understand why they wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that their restraint from showing that is something that could potentially, like, there's two universes where I could see him interacting with kids more. And I'd be like, oh, that's too much. Or like, I don't, we don't need that. Mm-hmm. And they actually, they handled it pretty well. Um, the the main character played by Mason Thames, who plays the lead, Finney, he was really good. He's just a young child actor. Child acting is something really tough to crack and something, it, it can go either way. Like it can be really horrible. It'll be really great. He was awesome. And uh, the character who played his sister, Madeline McGraw, she plays the character Gwen. She was really, really fun and really good in the film but yeah the film like it explores themes of loss of innocence the confusion that faith brings to like small town america and hereditary illnesses 
even though for lack of a better word illnesses uh, you'll know what I mean when you see it but mm. uh yeah it's just it's a movie that I it really it kept my attention the whole time I was really really into it from start to finish and uh I really really dug it like I liked it more than Sinister it's very similar oh, wow. to Sinister in a lot of ways because they do the whole super eight camera footage and stuff like that mm. spliced oh. in. <laughs> yeah and like I I don't know I really liked it I really I thought it was really strong um it's one that yeah I'm looking forward to seeing this one again too because I feel like there's little things that I missed but it's kind of it's a little bit predictable I will say that like but I feel like there's no way they're gonna put you in a theater and show you the grotesque things that I think I would have wanted from this movie understandably so like you know this isn't the Clovich killer or Snowtown murders or something Mm -hmm. like that it's a it's a movie that you're you're gonna leave the theater and not feel overly drained um which is something that like you know I like to be drained I like that like really horrendous Mm. awful the awful feel bad spirit movies I'm into those uh but as far as like a mainstream horror film goes this one was pretty damn strong and uh yeah I I definitely recommend it I really dug the black phone Oh, no, I'm so looking forward to it because uh, Sinister is one of the, um, the, the legitimate scared me. Like there's something about the Super 8 and creepy kids. Yeah. Like the that scene you get, the lawnmower that just, I was like, oh, oh, no, I can't, I can't. Bleh. And um, I adore Ethan Hawke. Um, I have done since I was a teenager and um, I'm blanking on the goddamn name. Um, we're not a writer. Lisa, uh, anyway, I've, I've loved him since I was a teenager when he, and I love how he never plays the role that you think he should be playing at the time of his career. Um, He's always doing something different and now he just seems to be having fun. I mean, he's just superhero movies, but then did um, uh, Moon Knight and he was great as that that kind of leader. He's he's a prestige actor who can also dip his toes into schlock and make it somehow classier. Like it's yeah, it, he does. It's one, yeah. It, I know. Um, I think it was postmortem with Mick Garris, the podcast they had Robert Cargill and Scott mm-hmm. Derrickson on. I think they share a story about it, uh, where like Scott Derrickson sent Ethan Hawke the the script for the Black Phone, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Listen, man, like I do not do villains like notoriously. Like I'm just, I it'll take mm-hmm. a lot for me to get into that role. Like so, just I'm letting you know now that it's." likely that I'm not going to be interested in this one even though he does respect him and uh he woke up to let like Scott Derrickson woke up to a voicemail from him at like six in the morning or something like that saying like I'm gonna kill all those fucking kids (laughs) (laughs) it was like yes I love that and he really does bring it in this movie uh like you gotta quit calling me and saying that it's weird yeah (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) Yeah, like I'm not I'm not gonna say that this is some like game-changing movie or anything like that, but I just think as far as mainstream releases go and what Film House has been putting out, it's been yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Uh so yeah, I definitely really dug it. Recommend everyone go and check that one out. Uh, but yeah, so that's everything. I think we're all caught up. Mm. Do you guys want to get on to some monster movies? Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be talking about three monster films back to back after this short break. We'll see you all on the other side. (laughs) 
And welcome to our main feature presentation where we are going to be dissecting three films uh, from the monster subgenre. So we're, we're doing a monster mash today. And today we're doing a proper monster mash because we have three different films that fit within the monster subgenre that are nothing alike in any single and way. And from three different decades. And from three different decades. Yes. So I'm pretty proud of this triple that we got going on here. But uh, we're going to start off with my pick. Uh, which was a first time watch for me, but we're going to talk about The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Uh, the film was directed by Eugene Laurie and was written by, do I even, try? oh, it, it, yeah, sorry, it's based off a story from Ray Bradbury. Uh, it's like a classic literary uh, novel. Yes. Rest, rest in peace to everyone who had anything to do with this film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God, Lucy, I love you so much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, everyone involved is likely dead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the film tells the story of a ferocious dinosaur awakened by an Arctic atomic test terrorizes the North Atlantic and ultimately New York City. So it's a tale as old as time. It's the, it, this is the story it's that King brought Kong. us. It's King yeah. Kong. It's Matthew it's Broderick's Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. It's, it's everything. Yeah. I thought about that a lot the whole time. I was like, hey, Godzilla 98 took a lot of shit from this. This is so Godzilla <laughs> yeah. 98. And so Godzilla. Yeah. I, I watching maybe it. Maybe that's why again. I liked it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Don't turn this podcast off. Don't turn this podcast off. We're just a little cheeky here. Um, but we do like Godzilla 1998. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So this was a first time watch for me. I just Same. I saw it because uh, Lindsay, we asked you what kind of movies that you'd like to talk about. And you said, like, when it comes to horror, monsters are your bread and butter i love uh, let's talk a little, that a little bit like, where, that. Where, yeah. where where does that come from because obviously i know from listening to the terror table uh boozy and i are monster fiends like that's what this whole show's based around yeah uh, monster nature run amok it's our shit oh it is it's the best shit no it's i think it was honestly jim henson i think because i definitely grew up on the muppets i was such a muppets kid i was obsessed with the muppets so let's, I, let's of course... hear a muppet impression oh Jesus my boozy come on everyone has like do, do you have I, in their heart? it's the muppet um, show the that's my sweet chef garbage. there you go <laughs> the garbage monster um yes <laughs> so, so yeah that? i have no idea the the flinging you just the, made it I, yeah the, the, i love the fish guy oh animal animal Wait, the fish yeah animals the drummer I'm animals the, drama. The, the one who pops out of the garbage Oh, that's Oscar the Grouch. He's just, yeah. yeah. Oscar, oh, yeah. Isn't that Sesame Street? <laughs> uh, Same thing. Like, yeah, I grew, okay, yeah. okay, tomato, okay. Tomato, tomato. Shout out to Jim Henson. It's all Tomato, it's all tomato, Morbius, Citizen King. Yeah. It's all the exactly. Same, so anyway, yeah. So it was uh, Sesame Street. It was uh, The Muppet Show. It was everything Jim Henson did. Labyrinth, Black Crystal, which scared the living snot out of me as a kid. I mean, me those. Too. Labyrinth those... is kind of creepy, too. Well, because yeah, of his dick. Like yes. when you see it now, like fucking Bowie's dick is everywhere in that movie. When's the I last mean, time you guys watched Labyrinth? Uh, two 15. years ago, and I was always oh, two years ago. Like I was watching it going, "Wow, there is a lot of Bowie dick." Then no wonder I love. Uh, no wonder I'm such a big Bowie fan today. I <laughs> bought it to try and impress a date. Like that was like, so it would have been like 2016. It was like she had said that her. Man, favorite that's when movie you was like Labyrinth. put in work, hey. Well, they, yeah. it was funny because I was shout out classic roommate or classic uh, host of the podcast Diego Juarez. Like we were living together at the time. He was living in my basement. He was the manager of HMB, which was like a record and uh, Blu-ray store and everything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this girl's coming over, and she says her favorite movie's Labyrinth, and I said that I already owned it. 
and I hadn't seen it since I was fucking six. <laughs> so I was like, can you bring it home? He brought it home and we watched it. And the whole time I was thinking, I was like, there is so much Bowie dick in this yeah. movie. And that's going to be the first thing you bring up with her. Well, it's, it's, spoiler alert, nothing came out of that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know how I cut you off talking about labyrinth. Yeah, big penises, no. labyrinth. It is a lot of penises and he is playing with those balls constantly. So it is like this massive sexual metaphor as it is. Yeah. Um, and when you're like seven years old watching it, you, it's like watching Dirty Dancing around the same time with Patrick Swayze. You're learning things. I'm learning John Travolta. Exactly. I am learning I am a straight female because I am going toward pet, uh, perfect watching uh, Travolta doing the hip thing and just like going, they bounce. Right. Um, was that your sexual awakening? Because mine and Boozy's, I think it was Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. No, mine was definitely Labyrinth and <laughs> I love that Dirty Labyrinth. Dancing. Labyrinth, <laughs> Labyrinth and Dirty yeah. Dancing. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my sexual awakening, watching those two movies. And like, oh yeah, this is this is something I like. Um, they're horny movies. They're very horny movies. And yeah, so I think just watching as I got older and then fan the creature features, even though I would say, and when I was 25, I don't like horror, but I would go anything with a creature in it. I'm like Jurassic Park was my, I still say Jurassic Park's my favorite movie, the original. Boom. So, there we go. I'm right there beside you. Yeah. We got yeah. Two of you. yeah. You got two of us. Um, They're my so top any, 10. Yeah. As it should be. It's Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, it's a it's, classic film. Yeah. Anything with a freaking giant monster running around doing or just any kind of monster Chris Hurtado said Spielberg's kind of mid though so (laughs) he's still young he's got to figure it out Chris Hurtado Hurtado is like I've said to him multiple times Boozy where I'm like boy I see you making the same mistakes Boozy and I made Mm -hmm. (laughs) let us stop you from this madness we need need to stay out of his multiverse he needs to figure it out himself I'm sorry I'm going to stop interrupting you Lindsay no, you sorry. The, my favorite thing you've ever done on the internet is um, Photoshop Chris Utado lurking around in Titanic when um, Jack <laughs> is is um, drawing um, as like his French one of his French girls. I honestly fell over. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, yeah, that's just funniest thing. But yeah, no monsters are great. That's all I have to say. I love I love anything. I, I was gonna did. ask, do you have rules for it? Because like I I feel like especially like I feel like Mitch t- will accept a lot more than I will. I feel yeah. like I have like really strict rules for like monsters. Do you? Uzi doesn't like, like you monster on monster action. You no, don't like yeah. monsters fighting monsters. You want monsters fighting white. I also people. don't like monsters that talk a lot. I prefer like the silent oh. spookers. You know, oh, man, like... I love monsters that talk. I no, I don't actually have any rules. I love a chatty monster. I love a quiet monster because when we get to Nightbreed, those guys do not shut up. Um, <laughs> when we get into, um, I love a quiet monster. I love a Godzilla. I love a tiny um, creature like in from the gate. Um, no, yes. I, I, I have. I have no rules whatsoever. If they are kind of not human esque, or if they have mm-hmm. got like piles of makeup, or if they are based on an animal, if they are kind of an alien, I am all for You're it. There I, for all of it. I'm yeah, there for I'm all with of you. It. I, I have I have an open church. Like if yeah. you are any kind of weirdo, you you go in. I mean, I'm with the you, penguin Lindsay. was one of my favorite villains of all time. In oh Batman yes, because he's like that uh, again, horny. He's such a creeper. He's, such he's, a such a creeper. he's playing with his balls the whole time in that movie. Exactly. And yeah. he bites off a nose of a guy and yeah. he eats raw fish. I mean. Oh, the raw fish was a game changer for me. So gross. Oh, and now so that's gross. all I eat is sushi. Lindsay, well, I, I love yeah, putting you on the spot with these questions. Do you have like yeah. a, a couple monsters that you could be like, okay, to, to explain Lindsay, these are the ones I like. Like, 
Is it like um, uh, the T Rex from Jurassic Park? It's did you, uh, yeah. T-Rex do you guys consider Park. that? Do you guys consider? Yes. See, that's the thing. It's like yeah. So that's a genetically don't. created monster. Yeah, but see, yeah. when I think of when I think of monsters, I think of like. Uh, Jeez, I'm drawing a blank now. He's never, he's never seen one. Actually, I've never seen a well, monster. Well, but you can have like something like uh, the monster from the host, whatever. I can't remember the name yes. of it. But then you can also have like Jeepers Creeper, like the Creepers. Yeah, monster. that. See, my, so that's my what I'm wondering. Like Jeepers Creepers and stuff like that, like yeah. humanoid monsters, mm-hmm. and then also movies like you know Brian Bertino's monster or mm-hmm. where like werewolves could be considered monsters. Yeah, yeah, all I, the universal I kinda, monsters. Yeah, I'm considered vampires monsters. Um, yeah. So they got to go a certain level of like weird to be able to transcend vampire to monster. This this is true. Like I would consider um, the Coppola Dracula a monster. Yes. Absolutely. But then you wouldn't consider something like uh, Interview with a Vampire. I I don't consider that a vampire. I I consider a vampire movie, not a monster movie. Yes. So Um, it depends. Yeah, you're right. It depends on the vampire. So it depends on. Like I love the T Rex. I love um, the Gary Oldman's Dracula because I think that is so such a monstrous uh, creature. Yeah. I super horny as well. Super, I like the horny monsters apparently. Um, <laughs> Lindsay, this I is love... our horniest episode ever. You're bringing. I know. This yeah. Is not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was gonna say. Um, yes. I've heard your episodes. I know how horny they can get. Um, no, it's it's. Um, when we start I talking love... about Ryan Gosling, <laughs> that's when it gets really horny how could you not i mean seriously those baby mm-hmm. clothes um yeah. no uh mothra i love mothra um yes i love yes um i love the even in jurassic uh, the uh, lost world those little creeper guys that keep like in the they're in the long grass like, tiny yes yeah those guys are awesome um i love yeah. the um oh my god i'm like i can't believe i'm blanking on it the xenomorph from uh alien oh um, yeah baby see that's what i'm talking about it's like that's a monster movie to me that too. is a monster that is a monster movie to me and yes yeah. i am using basically anything that is creature like to say and it's the a monster. Thing. And, I, and the thing yes because the one thing i love about monster movies is that you can incorporate all genres within the monster movie it just doesn't have to be an attack yeah. movie yes. um they can do anything i mean we've got three completely different examples of different monsters and what they can do i love when monsters are the good guys i love it when they're the bad guys i love it yeah. when they just okay so you're all, the like i prefer like a bad monster i don't i really yeah. don't want to like ride the monster and him be on your team i'm a yeah. i don't, don't want to be like a treyu with the the riding yes. the thing Atreyu. yeah, yeah. That, See, yeah is, I, isn't that treyu the land that they go to i can't know Atreyu's the kid is that the kid's name and yeah Wait, not I have not seen that movie in forever, and I think it's because I do not want to go back to the swamp of sadness. Um, I, oh I man, I was so yeah. That movie fucked me up just the same way the labyrinth did, but less yeah. dicks. Yes. There's less yes. dicks in that one. No, I see, yeah, I still remember seeing Return to Oz for the first time, and actually we were watching it at a pa- birthday party. Me actually having to leave the room because I was just like, "Wheel is fuck off!" Like that is not okay <laughs> at all um yeah. so yeah i kind of just love movies like that and i think i'm gonna come i call them monster movies even though i don't know necessarily know that they are but anything that is fantasy creature related mm-hmm. kind of um like i love anything like crafty and like the thing and and yeah. i just recently well, the, watched the cosmic horror I'm, yeah. i also love cosmic Dag- horror. i love i watched dagon, dagon. for the first time yes. and i was like fuck this movie rules um yeah i just did that one recently too like i don't think yeah. i'd ever seen it before and i watched it with shout out jeff drake but yeah no yeah. that was super fun i think it was one of those movies that said oh no i've totally seen dagon never seen it for some reason i'm watching it i have never seen dagon before that i would would have remembered that yep 
Yeah, totally. No, yeah. I am very, very proud of us for this triple because I feel yeah. like we actually do cover a lot of ground mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the monster subgenre obviously is huge. Like there's so mm-hmm. many things that could constitute a monster movie. But let's start off by talking about The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which is just a movie that the reason I chose it is because I want to see more Ray Harryhausen. And I feel like he's kind of one of the pioneers of this genre that I've grown to love so much, but I don't have a lot of experience or catalog. Um, no- yeah, I don't have a lot of knowledge on mm-hmm. the Ray Harryhausen. So, of course, I've seen Jason and the Argonauts and stuff like that. Like I saw that a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. uh, but I've been really wanted to go back and watch it. And I'll just lead us off here by saying, like, I loved beast from 20,000 fathoms uh obviously this is one of those movies that's very much a product of its time and there are spurts like there is chunks of this movie that I think do not go anywhere like they just feel very bland and it's Mm -hmm. like kind of it's it's all exposition in senses that they're breaking new ground here by making this like this is like it's so obvious that this was such a inspiration on movies like even the thing from another world like the Howard Hawks Mm -hmm. film and Mm -hmm. uh all all the films that I've grown up loving this precedes it and even Jurassic Park especially Jurassic Park especially Godzilla oh Uh, yeah and that's why I'm very very happy that I finally sat down to give it a look um because this was a blind spot for me and I think that there's like you know it's one of those things where I don't want to have a boring conversation of me saying yeah some of it's dated but it's like mm-hmm. but really some of it is kind of the pacing is a little bit off for me but the parts mm. that hit hit so fucking hard and uh this would pair very very well with our friend daniel epler who's doing the cobwebs podcast who's doing like a 50s drive-in yeah. series yeah. all yeah. month like this to me lives right next to something like uh, them, which I was on talking with Chris Hurtado mm. and Daniel about. Um, I love those types of movies. I love this, like these really creative, ingenious ways of making huge monsters come to life with, you know, uh, miniatures and forced perspective and all these really cool filmmaking things that this movie pioneers in a lot of ways. And I think that you're watching it kind of you're watching it stumble through finding out how to do this but the parts that hit hit so well i love it it is because i guess i was talking to daniel about this when you first watch 1950s monster movies or 1950s drive-ins movies it is you really do have to get your head in a certain kind of mindset because there's a lot of exposition there's a lot of downtime they're trying to over explain everything because they don't want to lose the audience um so but but based uh 20 20, 20, i can never say this title it's Um, impossible it's impossible impossible. the beast is is so good i mean and i think it gets forgotten of how important it is because i was doing a little bit of reading on it and it they made it because king they they reissued king kong into the theater and it did well again and they're like huh these maybe a giant monster movie could work yeah. And then because they made that, it gave Toho the excuse to, okay, we'll do our monster movie. Yeah, um, totally. And we'll put that in production. And then, because we know it can actually work. I think the original Godzilla is a better movie than 20,000 Fathoms. Agreed. Because that is just about the absolute const- uh, destruction. I mean, he just like messes up 
New York a little bit. Um, he doesn't really do that much damage. He's actually quite a polite dinosaur. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it is so incredible. I mean, yeah, when this movie hits, it hits so well. Um, and the way that the director uses stock footage, especially of the shark and the octopus and there's a and like this this the stock footage of just New York City in like um the early 50s or probably like 40s early 50s is it gives this movie a texture that I, even I don't think other movies from this time period have and it kind of feels very kind of slept together almost but that's where its charm is and then you get that's not even talking about the Harryhausen effects which are freaking incredible oh it's unreal absolutely yeah. unreal boozy like what this was a first time watch for you as well yeah Yes, big time. Um, I like that you mentioned Daniel because I still think that when we did those classic monster movies, there was like some of my favorite episodes we've ever done and actually looking in depth at stuff like that. And this got me most excited out of anything uh, we were talking about just because it is an older, because it was 53. Yeah, 53. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like this is, I've slowly gone back and, and trying to been watching like movies from past decades more and more like I find a lot of interest in that especially with Tubi mm. Tubi is great yeah. for that and they they have thousands of these movies with these brilliant covers too that's what I loved about like the rich artwork and mm. it's like yeah I really enjoy digging into these and this one was fantastic I there was so many cool things in here I think like uh, and so many standouts I think the submarine scene is was so fantastic and you're right it reminds me so much of Godzilla all this stuff but in such a fun way um I have to say that one of my favorite scenes, it has nothing to do with the overall story. It's just um, when the dinosaur is going through the, the city, it randomly picks up a car at one point and there's like a two second scene of a guy just holding a steering wheel being like, oh, and then you never see anything again and you never see anything happen to him. So I just love that they just show up for two seconds because he's never shown before either. It's like, oh. Yeah. No, he, he, he does look mildly surprised to be picked yeah. up. <laughs> But um, I, I do think that, yeah, the, the story could have been streamlined in that it just felt like they kept going back and forth to the middle of the ocean. And, and then it would just go back and be in New York. I feel like if it just would have came to New York right away, it would have been a lot more fun. Um, they also mentioned how the, the monster went over into Canada and they kept saying it went to somewhere in Nova Scotia, but it was actually Newfoundland. They went, my girlfriend was offended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I actually... I noticed with this triple is that it kind of covers the same ground geo geographically. It yeah, is so he's the Arctic. It is. And then he goes into Canada, hangs out in there. These like fishermen are just like, yeah, there was a monster. What of it? I'm not, I, yeah. don't, don't talk to me about it. Um, yeah. And then they go down into New York and that's when everyone kind of freaks out. But then when we get into prophecy, that's all in Maine, which they mentioned Maine in, yeah. in the thing. But it's all and shot then, in BC. It's all shot in BC. Yeah, it's all shot in and BC then, and then Nightbreed, and Calgary. Then, and yeah, and then Nightbreed, which I just, even though it has David Cronenberg, I keep forgetting is all in Canada, which it should, because David Cronenberg doesn't leave Canada to do anything. No. Um, so if you have to go to him. So it's it's this amazing thing. Except, um, except Crimes of the Future, which might be one of the reasons why it sucked. Mm. Ah, it does not have that Canadian um, special Charm sauce. To it, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The um the poutine, it doesn't have the poutine. Um, is that no exactly? Else? Yeah, poutine. Yeah. Yep. yep, that's what we're known um, for. Poutine and igloos. Yes. <laughs> Can tell I have never been to Canada. Poutine yet. Um, igloos are <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, you will be. Yes, yes, yep. I will be. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that COVID destroyed is like I'm gonna go to Canada. No, no, you're not going anywhere. Damn it. No. Um, 
it's it, yeah it's this kind of really kind of cool blending of these kind of geographical things in Canada actually focused it was a lot of Canada um but no I love the fact that it goes into Canada Canada and I was just like Nova Scotia I'm like oh okay cool that looks like a sweet town and then you say it's actually New Finland I'm like ah <laughs> yeah the, the town that they mentioned is like no that's actually a different place <laughs> but yeah I I think that it's also really exciting that this this has a roller coaster ending if you're thinking about it, with how ambitious this oh. is just in terms of what yeah. it's showing and yeah. then all the set pieces stuff like you have a fiery roller coaster that two people have to go on top it's great this is how i need halloween ends to end i need yes. a roller coaster I need, well i need laurie strode on a fucking tank or a roller coaster with a bazooka yeah. like what they're yeah. doing in this movie that is that is the only way they can destroy Michael Myers. Cause yeah. I think, yeah, I'm a little worried because I think um ends has kind of backed them into a corner a little bit. And I'm gonna oh. be interested to see like a massive corner. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna be interested to see if how they decide to get out of that corner or if they're just going to go the Dominion route and just go, here, locusts. And I'm just, just it's, it's gonna we be We can't deal with Michael Myers. Our crops are being ruined by locusts. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's bigger issues. Yeah, There's bigger, bigger issues we need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's just it's so uh, the, the the special effects are just so fucking stellar. Like it's so cool looking back on it now and like seeing how so many things that I've loved over the last you know my you entire see the lifetime. roots of it. Yeah, you totally do. And like I know that this isn't the. I hope I didn't make it sound like this was the very first one to do it because obviously like King Kong and stuff like that predates this. But I feel like this movie really really solidified the whole like. The, it's treated pretty straight face like it, yep. to me this is like a natural jumping off point for like the thing from another from uh, uh the thing from another world like the mm. the original the thing uh it has a lot of like similar threads to it and but it's it's great i love beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms but it is the most difficult title i've yes. ever I had to say it's, it's insane. Titles <laughs> used to be so fantastical, and now we have just a bunch of movies that are all named the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Did I tell you about that? I made one list on Letterboxd, and it's called the Intruder List. And it's <laughs> I'm trying to watch every single film that's called Intruder, and there's like sixty some. Did you watch the Sam Raimi one yet? It's on my list. But oh, I so, yeah. No, so it's, many. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember, and I think I actually saw shout out Daniel Eppler, who also is the world's best on the internet talking about movies. Like he's just that that dude blows yep. everyone out of the water for just he really does content and also just a natural ability to be able to mm. speak about films. Like he's just so he's so intelligent and mm. such an astute film watcher. Uh, so he makes it hard to talk about these movies that he normally covers on his show because it shows how shitty we are. Um, but we no, yeah, I, I, yeah, what I was getting, I think he watched Intruder, but I love Intruder, the with the Sam Raimi film. I saw to... it for the first time last year, and it is so much fun. It is yeah. just, yeah, it's 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 just it's a hoot from beginning to end. I can't <laughs> wait to get to it eventually. Oh, in my, yeah. in my I'm Intruder gonna, list. I'm, it might not be the, it might not be, but I'm going to say it might be the best Intruder movie um, out of yep. the 60 plus movies called Intruder. <laughs> oh, I also <laughs> included anything that was the Intruder. So it's not just mm. Intruder. So I, I you know, um, I also have to say that if you want to check out some cool artwork, um, the artwork for this, this film, people have made some really cool shit. I, that's one of my favorite things to do is just check out like alternate artwork. 
mm. for films and like the the beast from 20,000 fathoms whatever has some really cool and they have one I think I posted on my Instagram and it's like a picture from that submarine scene but it's like outside like what it would look like more it's like stuff mm. like that I think this is so cool um I kind of want to like I would I would love to rewatch this film not anytime soon but I think it's like it was fun enough and I enjoyed it enough at the end that I would love to watch it again no, it's yeah. got a really cool popcorn feel to it. Um, but yeah. what I love about it is the is Harry Ray Harryhausen again, another hard name to say. Um, he somehow even back in 1953, I don't think this was his first movie exactly, but I think it was one of the big first ones that got him so much more work. Um, is he is he's able to put give these guys his creatures personality? I mean, that dinosaur has so mm-hmm. much personality. He is not impressed with what he finds in New York at all and he um, hates lighthouses and he hates oh, lighthouses yeah, fuck lighthouses <laughs> he really goes to the was, house what if that was just what happened in the lighthouse halfway through the movie just this dinosaur of nowhere just blows it up man <laughs> we're getting to that point where that's going to be original content that would be amazing yeah. i would love that yeah but um, we all know well where do we really know ray harryhausen from let's be honest here it's monsters inc ray harryhausen's <laughs> Then, yeah, that's actually, yeah, that is actually where we're I cinephiles here at the territory. Yes, 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 we are. Um, no, I do remember seeing, I didn't know it was Ray Harryhausen, but I do remember seeing um, Jason the Argonauts when I was really young, like way too young to be seeing those skeletons. But I didn't know that was the guy who did everything else. Yeah. So it was much later on where I'm like, oh, so he did like Sinbad and the Golden Tiger and he did um, this. And I think it came from, I did a few like, um bottom of the sea kind of creatures as well he's done a whole shit ton of stuff yeah. it's it's actually kind of incredible like he was um the uh oh, who did the star wars effects that became really big for like 20 years uh light and something effects oh my god he was that guy yeah he was that he was that guy and he was doing it single-handedly i mean the patience on that man to do the stop motion that, is that's what i mean though it's like i'm a huge huge fan of stop motion animation yeah. so like stuff like this just hits different like it's it, it hits really yeah like i wish we could see more stuff like this like today to yeah. use some of the, like the like mitch was saying with the force perspective the, mm-hmm. this was so much fun and and all the stop animate like it it blended together really well Mm. And, and for a, a film that came out so long ago, how many yeah. is it? The 80 years? Something like that? Like yeah, it's 70, mess. yeah. It's 70, it's 70 something. Yeah. Um, but just like for something like that to look so, like that good, I, I honestly, there, I've seen a lot worse shit that came out in like 2000. But have you yeah. seen Clash of the Titans with Sam Worthington? I have actually. I went to see that <laughs> at Rainbow Cinemas. Oh, God. <laughs> They made a sequel to that. Oh, <laughs> man. They... Yeah, they did a Wrath of the t- Titans. Oh, no. I remember, I remember thinking there's no way it could be worse. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Double down. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I don't want to... One of the joys of us doing three three feature films in our in this discussion is I want to I want to keep moving forward through the other mm-hmm. ones because I'm going to start you know we can really get the the meat out of the films and I feel like we've kind of done that with the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. I know there's oh, gonna yeah. be some people who are going to be pushing up their glasses and being pissed like there's so much more you could talk about uh yeah. but no we got plenty of more monster movies to talk about but beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms i definitely recommend checking out nowadays especially if you're in the mood for something like those those 50s sci-fi monster movies and uh 
There's some think, really, really cool effects. As, as a, yeah, as some true monster files, I feel like this is a, a good addition to my, my brain watchings. Mm. I enjoyed it. No, I, 50 monster movies are freaking fantastic. And yeah, Fathoms is one of the best. Kind Why did we call it Fathoms? That's so smart. We should have yeah, called that from the... <laughs> ben Affleck's Fathoms. Oh, wait, that's Fathoms. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a really weird, weirdly fun movie. I, I don't know why. It's just it's like the most 1998 movie ever, yep. Dimension movie ever made. And Lindsay, just, you're doing such a good job at keeping up with Mitch on references because Mitch sees so much shit that I've never seen. And you're just like, yeah, I've it's because Lin Lindsay knows way more about films than I do. Yeah, <laughs> like straight up. And like that's, but that is like you were talking about like 90s Dimension movies. Like I wrote that yeah. in with like the faculty and stuff yes! like that. Yeah. And I love yeah. the faculty. But uh, faculty yeah. is some, yeah, is, again, great monster yeah technically i'm gonna say it. it's a monster movie faculty because yes. there are yeah. there are ten yeah there are tentacles in that movie i'm pretty sure absolutely there are definitely <laughs> there's some major full of them yeah there's some yeah. major thing references in that but okay so Lindsay oh yeah there is too <laughs> Lindsay will be back on for our episode on phantoms um, yes <laughs> but let's let's go on to prophecy from 1979 so Buzi, oh can boy you, can you give us a little bit of a rundown about what this film's about why you chose it and I'll pull up all the semantics. I'll, I'll okay. get the direct director and blah, blah, so, blah. Short story. Let's just break it down for you. It, it's it's a um, eco-horror movie, which I, I think that we could always use more of because it's trying to say something. So the whole point of this film is a, I don't know what exactly this guy's job title is. It's, it's like a lawyery kind of deal, but he's- He's he a goes, lawyer of the ocean. Uh, yeah. And lakes and forests. So and in a city apartments. <laughs> and in a city apartments, yeah. Yeah, he oh, because of uh rat bites. This is one of those movies though, like his character, he truly makes it seem like his job title spans so huge that it's yeah. like I remember watching as a kid, I'm like, wow, there are people who do, he must just be a scientist. Scientists do everything. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's kind of what stuff. he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just about them going to investigate uh, some attack, some animal attacks that have gone on, and uh, kind of like the ecological damage that that this area is taking over. And then there's also what do they call them in this? Ops. Op. Uh, Op. There's yeah, some original original people. Yeah. Is is what the, the who are trying to defend their way of life and their rainforest. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, yeah, it's just about dealing with that and the consequences of running a pulp mill. Mm. Well said. Yes. Directed by John, <laughs> John Frankenheimer, who uh, also directed the original, like the island of Dr. Moreau. RIP. Yeah, yeah, he's he's also dead. Yes, I actually looked it up. Yeah, he's. <laughs> well, I just know because you let us off on such a high note with everyone in Beast of, from 20,000 Fathoms is dead. Um, but yeah island of dr moreau from 1996 he directed that film uh what the, he did a couple other oh he did french connection 2 which is a movie that everyone this time it's needed. french hey hey, <laughs> hey do you want us to actually talk about the good movies that John well, yeah. <laughs> i walked the line would that be considered one <laughs> we're, 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 let, let's talk about the good john frankenheimer movies here Lindsay. Help me out. <laughs> oh, seconds. Um, he did uh, seconds. the Manchurian Candidate. Uh, yes, he did. Okay. Manchurian yeah. Candidate. It's a huge one. You're killing this. Yeah. Um, I am gonna say Randy again because I love that movie, even though I know that's not his best movie. <laughs> Wh which movie? Randy Games. 
Oh, uh, oh fuck, I back, love reindeer games. Going back to Frank and going back to freaking Ben Affleck and he wanting that goddamn pick and uh pick and pie. Um right. yeah. Man, that's no. a movie that that movie grew on me substantially after yes. a recent rewatch because it is so yeah. much fun. But like, yeah, Charlie's Theron, one of my first boners, like that was yeah, that movie, <laughs> that movie was incredible. And he did Ronan with uh with De Niro. Good one. Yeah. No, he is he is a, such a weird director because he will make things like um, the Manchurian Candidate, and then he'll make Prophecy, Prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll make um, Walk the Line, and um, some oh, I can't remember the name, but it's some weird ass. I think it's a weird ass movie that actually says war crimes are good with Samuel L. Jackson. It is like you're just watching it going, "This is a bold, weird statement you're making here with this movie." Yeah. Um, it's he's had such a wild career yeah so like and boozy why why did you choose prophecy though because you you talked about how it's like an ecological horror movie and obviously you like that kind of stuff you like monster movies but why yeah. this one i think this one is special in its own way it does feel very canadian i know it was filmed in canada but it just it feels so canadian and it it feels like i i think the story if they even redid this now would would tell such a cool story because it is something that actually goes on and i just thought it was a fun movie i love the violence in this i love the creature design and i i don't know ego horror is great Ico Horror is great. It is, uh, especially in the 70s. This was a first watch for me. Um, I had oh, known damn. about it for ages, but I had never actually seen it. So um, This is a second because the first time me and Mitch watched it, we weren't paying a ton of attention. We were uh, paying yeah. attention. We were just smoking that drill, baby. Yeah. <laughs> this was one of those times. Though, this was like we were three three or four years into the terror table. So it wasn't mm. even that yeah. not that long ago. I, I feel like it was within the last two years that Boozy and I got together. We we're like, let's just watch a crazy movie. And you look at the poster of Prophecy and you're like, oh my God, this movie wants to be Alien. But it came out the same year as Alien. Or wait, yeah. no, the year after Alien. Man, did we have fun watching this the first time. And I watched it alone this time. So I can now speak on it as a film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a great film. I'm surprised. I thought you guys didn't like it. I love it. I, I like love it. This. I I like it though. I have never wanted a main character to be eaten more as I did in Prophecy. Um, I mean, I, this movie is really fun. It's got this kind of amazing Frankenheimer thing where everything seems really classy, but everything in the film is so schlocky. It's amazing. Yes. Um, it's that bear is incredible. Those cubs are incredible. Ta- I love Talia Shire in this in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I love that there's like a myth involved with all of this. And yes. they, they add like so much more culture to it. It's not just a bear being a bear. I don't know. No, but... it is. It it does attempt to sort of uh, mix in um, the indigenous people's kind of mythology with this bear. Yeah. Uh, but then you put Amanda Sante in it and things go very large, very, very quickly. Because <laughs> um, that's what you do when you put Amanda Sante in something. Um, but just to have him play an indigenous character, I'm just like, oh, this, okay. <laughs> you don't, nothing about you says this. You are... Latino, I think. Um, and uh, this is a. Uh, Are you trying to say Hollywood doesn't always get that right? No, I think I am. I mean, they don't do it. They, I mean, admittedly, they get it right a lot, but in this case, I don't think they're quite. Oh, no. It, yeah. but... <laughs> There's some, yeah, no, like those are my exact thoughts on this film, too, is that like the social commentary in this movie is rich, but it yeah. gets lost in the schlock. And mm-hmm. personally, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like this is, this is what I want. Like there are moments in the film where it's about to take itself way too seriously. 
and then it's completely fixed <laughs> with, the, with the schlocky monster effects and the bear throwing the fucking the the what's sleeping it called? The, bag. the sleeping bag kill oh, where it shoots God. the sleeping oh bag across the fucking scene that's amazing and it blows up into a burst of feathers it's this to me is like so enjoyable this is like one of my like top ones where it's like if i'm gonna have some friends over to have some drinks and watch a movie where they're not gonna have to take it too seriously prophecy is a great choice because the social commentary all the like heavy stuff they get out of the way fairly early on but even those parts are schlocky and funny as hell like the raccoon like the raccoon the tadpole it's so over the top and ridiculous and i, feel I like, forgot about the tadpole it's just this oh, i forgot about the tadpole as well it's yeah. massive and it's like that's all the tadpole yes and it it's is. just like so it's like and wait that could whole, be a big frog wait the for whole it. explanation of it is like what's the only liquid that doesn't sink or something like that it's yeah mer- mercury it's i, such... I kind of like that they at least try to explain they're not just like chemical oh. x's in the water oh baby this is the good version of chernobyl diaries like this is like <laughs> yeah. the chernobyl like this is the effects of actual radiation and you know pol- pollution and mutation among mm-hmm. like wildlife and so it takes off a lot of boxes for i know admittedly boozy and myself like we'd love like nature run amok movies so this one hits a lot of soft spots for me by being able to do that and then also put it all into a bear <laughs> it, it really does it's kind of got this it's, it reminded me so much of what poltergeist would do if you a few years later it's like you took away the tombstones, but you left the bodies. It kind of yeah. had that thing when he's yelling at the guy, you left the mercury at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> um, and it does go into that whole ecosystem of like, oh, the fish eat the mercury, then they get eaten by everything else. And it kind of sort of goes up the chain to get that friggin' crazy ass beer. Um, and those so cubs glorious. are so, so disturbing. They look like something out of the suckling. It's just. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's we need more suckling references just in life (laughs) i was thinking this actually would pair well with kind of suckling because this is just disturbing but it's um yeah it's just this weird kind of thing you're just watching this going they made this it's Mm -hmm. yeah i mean this i mean i hated i hate straight up hated the main character um i do have his name um foxworth or something foxworth Uh, or something he is like the ultimate um i'm surprised he just isn't wearing a t-shirt saying white savior um (laughs) robert foxworth rob robert foxworth he plays rob yeah plays rob and even you start with his girlfriend saying um who friends have to comfort her because she's worried her boyfriend is going to make her get an abortion oh my Um, god that's how this movie opens yeah (laughs) because he he does not want that baby he does not want that baby and so she's gonna have to uh it's it's insane and then they have the conversation of when she's eat when you find out that she's eaten the salmon and it's all about mutated babies and she's like i ate that salmon you dragged me out here and i ate the salmon um there were so many melons and thus mitch and boozy were born (laughs) (laughs) i'm a salmon child this, yes your salmon child we're, we're this, dirty mercury salmon toilet baby <laughs> but i love how melodramatic this movie is it's insane mm. it just takes it up to 12 every single time when yep. it has no need to but it does <laughs> it's cinema baby this is i, I is like cinema. all the i like all the uh, attention they put on to actually having like cool kills in terms of like if somebody gets like 
pod or something their face is actually like got, mm. just mangled i can't remember the the one guy at the end who goes to try and kill the bear and it just whacks him away and they show like a quick thing of his face and it's just like half gone mm. um, oh yeah or, yeah or like the bear like decapitates the one guy who is riding on the roof of the truck it it really really is it is um and everyone just when it when it whacks someone they go flying yes. it's not just yes. like a um, they've got hooks on their thing and they are just being pulled like backward and like crashing into things. Yeah. That bear has absolute strength. It is, um, let's I mean, just call it, it what is it is. absolute delight. Yeah, let's just <laughs> call it what it baby. is. It's, it's pure filmmaking, baby. Like when, <laughs> when that fucking sleeping bag skyrockets across the screen and explodes oh into God. feathers, that is what it's all about. I think they're I, actually, I, it, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I love how the fact that you don't see the kid's body in it because <laughs> yes. you're just looking, oh my God, what does that poor kid look like? It's just, yeah, just, it's just every all the bone. Yeah, it's just all the feathers, but you're like every bone in that poor <laughs> boy's body has been yeah, broken. Yeah, that's jello. <laughs> it's jello now. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that. I feel like a lot of times they, they do have some restraint in terms of showing the bear or or they'll they'll trick you right away. I like Until the, one the where... last like 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I, I thought like... Um, well, no, that's your your climax, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, before then, they have like uh, the one guy who's wearing like a bear jacket is walking through the woods, and you think it's the bear, and everyone's like, "Hey, yeah. what are you doing?" And then the bear actually shows up. I think oh, the, yeah. cool, the coolest yeah. one is when they're driving in that truck and they have the spotlight, and they're they're going through, and you're trying to see where it is, and you actually see it for like two seconds. And it's like, a, "Hold on, go back to that." And the bear's like, "Fuck it, I'll just flip the vehicle instead." Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this is, I, I honestly, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's it's a ton of fun and it, it just, it, it feels so Canadian. Like I want to like hold it and cherish it. It's extremely it, Canadian. Yeah. And even though it is not meant to be set in Canada, it's got um, a few Canadian actors in the background because it was shot there. Mm -hmm. But th this is not, uh, yeah, it's, but it, everything it goes, we're in Maine. I'm like, are you sure you're in Maine? Because I'm pretty sure you're in Canada <laughs> this, right when now. When Stephen King talks about Maine, it doesn't look like no also um can i just say i don't know how like Lindsay, do you have more to talk about with this one tell me about tell me how much you enjoyed it because <laughs> well, if not was... if not we can talk about the cliffhanger awesome ending how i want a sequel to this and then we could talk about we need a prophecy too like we had a grizzly too no um yes i had a love and hate relationship because i was kind of getting you kill rob someone kill him kill him now yeah. i don't like him he's annoying he, mm -hmm. he's he's i mean but this movie's intense i mean the when they hold a chainsaw a, a flinging chainsaw to um yeah. Monty's neck not because he's doing anything it's because they're blocking the road they do not want cars which is basically saying hey there's some shit going on in the forest don't come in here yeah it's not take a, down yeah. these trees take down these trees is america and take down these trees eh? <laughs> and what but they do canada. is they hold yes it's canada i can't imagine a, a, a a Canadian would be doing it a lot more um, politely or passive aggressively, depending because I'm New Zealand. I know how passive aggressive. Yeah, we'd be like, "Hey, buddy, get out of the way, friend." Yeah, we'd yes. be just subtweeting them. Yeah. Yes, that is what that is. See, that is what a New Zealand would do. New Zealander would do. We'd be subtweeting them. No, they're just like chainsaw to the throat, and it's. I'm just like going, "Whoa, this movie escalated so yeah, goddamn quickly." It does. It escalates <laughs> so quick right off that scene. Oh man, it's so funny because yeah, that's the the classic like we're gonna stand and what, what's that type of protest where they just like sleep in front of something so that they can't yeah. bulldoze it like that's basically what this is yeah oh yeah what is that called 
it's not I, wish, like a... I wish I could do that. I would just show up and nap places. Yeah. <laughs> You're not like taking my the... Arby's. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Prophecy is a gem. Uh, yeah. I think we're also. I think we got to be crystal clear here that Boozy and I are just like kind of stands for this kind of schlock. And it's definitely, this is not one of those movies that I think everyone's going to enjoy. Uh, Cause it is like, it, it can be infuriating at times, but for me, it just wasn't. Cause I just love that bear. <laughs> the bear is awesome. And is also apparently the guy who wore it also would go on to direct uh, a little movie called Friday the 13th part six. Um, oh, what? I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, it was. I Which think one it was on six again. The six good one is... is that Manhattan. No, that's no. a good one. Jason it's, lives. Um, Jason lives. Yeah, that's Tom McLeod. Yes, yeah. I heard him on an interview of like Shockwave years ago, and he was talking about how he got to start. He goes, "Yeah, I was the beer and prophecy, and I tried to suggest something to Frankenheimer, something to Frankenheimer, and he told me to fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom McLaughlin. Tom McLaughlin, yeah. That's crazy. Hey, maybe if that. I do this uh, while I'm in my bear costume, he's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the That's fuck pretty up. much what happened. Bear. It was like, shut the fuck up, bear. Just do what I tell you. <laughs> do bear stuff. Yeah, do bear stuff. But it is um, it is a gem of a movie, and it's got that sort of special pocket of yeah, eco horror in the 70s, which I love. I mean, if you like Grizzly, if you like yes. uh, anything Ed Wexley Will and Girl made, um, you're going to love Prophecy because it is yeah. that, but it's got, a, it's got the sheen of oh, we're making a social commentary movie and then stuff happens, the things happen it in prophecy and you're just like, it flies out the window yeah, so it, quickly. It just, turns, it just turns into a wild bonkers monster movie. I don't know if it would be in kind of that same thing, but I almost feel like it was uh, like a couple decades earlier version of like how I feel about like Lake Placid or like Deep Blue Sea, where it's kind of like yeah. one, one of these. I think those were meant to be funny. I don't think Prophecy was meant to be funny. No. I, I would, no, but I would lump it all in that same where it's like these kind of I do love those other movies. So, like yes. monster movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> No, I, I would agree that those that this movie would pair well with those. I don't think that this movie's heart was in the place that those no. movies, uh, but it would play very well next to those ones, which are movies that I love as well. Um, yeah, exactly. I agree with Mitch. This movie has is so serious about itself that you can't help laughing at it because you're like going, you just realized you threw like a sleeping bag yeah. and made it explode. This is not... This is a movie where a guy gets his face ripped off. It's a thing where a, a bear flips over a car. There are so yes. many crazy things in it that um, this is not, even though I think it's actually trying to make a very serious environmental um, point and the fact that it is talking about even displaced peoples, it is talking about corporate greed, it's talking about pollution, it is talking about yeah. a woman's choice. It is talking about <laughs> so much stuff that does not <laughs> That's see it it loses it loses all that within when you see the bear for the first time. To me, that that explains what I love so much about this era and this of this genre, though, is that I love that they want their hearts are in the right place. And I don't want this to come across as a diss to prophecy because it absolutely will, but it's a failure. (laughs) Like it it failed, (laughs) but that's why I like it. Like that's why I'm that's why I enjoy it, is that like it seems like it's taking itself so seriously but then what we get out of it is just a super fun romp like mm. it's just ridiculous but uh i'm i'm a big fan of prophecy uh i love it um do you guys want to get on to our last one 
Yes. Yeah. Because we got to make sure we don't have, because we've been working really hard on not having three hour episodes, but at the same time, we're like, let's do triple features. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about uh, Lindsay's choice, which was Clive Barker's Nightbreed. I believe yes. this was 1990, was this 1991? We, I feel like this we is... haven't done a ton of Clive Barker. The only one we've movies. done was Hellraiser. Yeah. This surprises me, yeah. Because um, I was sort of looking through, when you sort of said, hey, what monster movie you want to do? I kind of had a paralyzing, I went completely paralyzed with fear. I went, fuck, what monster movie do I pick? And then <laughs> yeah. what monster movie haven't you done? Um, yep. It's the and year so of your I, boy. Yes. I, I, I came out of the womb this year. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Not only were you born from Dirty Salmon, you were born from um, Midian. <laughs> stinky, stinky butt Dirty yeah, I was salmon. born from Midian. Yeah. yeah. I was actually uh, murdered and then I was brought back to life in Midian. <laughs> exactly. That is, so that is bit, how it goes. Uh, was, Lindsay, why did you choose Nightbreed besides the fact that we have a scarce, we have, a, we have an, embarrassing, an embarrassingly low amount of Clive Barker on our feed. Uh, other yeah. than that, why did you choose Nightbreed? Because it had all the monsters. <laughs> No, I think it was going back to the fact that I was like, okay, what kind of monster movies do I like? Oh shit, I like all of them. What kind of monster? Oh, fuck. Um, okay, I'm just going to go Nightbreed because um, I haven't seen the director's cut yet and I think it'd be kind of cool. And um, hell, let's just do Nightbreed. It was a very kind of quick, oh shit, what do I pick? Oh, what haven't you done? I like Nightbreed, let's do Nightbreed. Um, it's, it is very um it is yeah so that's kind of why I picked it and then watching the watching the movie I kind of realized oh yeah I and I'd love Clive Barker like I was kind of surprised that because you guys seem like big like you would like Clive Barker a lot but yet you haven't done a lot of him and I was like we've yeah that's awesome. done we've tried to do like weird shit I I, I we've tried yeah. to stay Clive away Barker's from all weird shit like that's I I will say like I when I didn't talk I watched Lord of Illusions again before yeah. because like I wanted to like I got in the Clive Barker mood after Nightbreed he, it is a mood he is a mood he is an absolute this is not um I was thinking oh these are he is more of a mood than he is sort of a, maybe a monster movie but there's something about the occultism the woo-woo kind of thingy of it that I absolutely love and it runs all through his movies and um and I was just watching it going you know what fuck it I'm a huge Clive Barker fan and I really love Nightbreed yeah so, so and, yeah and this was was this the movie Nightbreed was like on the same set as Batman Returns is that it was like right beside either way that that's just a weird yeah. piece of shinfo I think I found shit info mm um that like this was being made on the same lot like right next to the studio that was doing batman returns and it's just so weird thinking about these types of bonkers ass movies being made at this time that explains a lot about me actually if those two kind of swear to that sort of proximity dna i'm like oh this explains so much <laughs> yeah no and i love batman returns yeah and me too it i'll admit i am a new-ish clive barker fan like I'm, uh, I'm the kid who I saw Hellraiser too young to be able to understand it. And to me, it felt like days of our lives or like movies that my mom was, or like shows like from Young and the Restless because yeah. it has that like daytime drama aesthetic to it and then extreme gore, which really grossed me out and scared me as a kid. And now I honestly think Hellraiser is one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Like I love Hellraiser. 
Oh, the very image of Pinhead used to give me nightmares. Like I remember going to the video store we used to go to when I was a kid and you had to pass the horror section. Yes. And I would always see that cover of Pinhead holding the um, uh, music box. And I'd go, I, that movie looks, I've never seen that movie ever. And I only saw it a few years ago. I was at an all night marathon. Again, I'm a sort of a newer fan of, of Clive Barker. Um, and they said, oh, yeah, we've got the new 4K restoration of Hellraiser. And I went, I guess I'm finally watching this movie then and <laughs> fell in love with it. Yeah, because you're right. It has got this so high good. high melodrama, but yet it's yeah. so beautiful and the gore is so intense. But then it's got this beauty to it. And it's 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 amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's which is it's a weird awesome. thing to call Hellraiser because it's it's not. But yeah, um, I love Hellbound as well. Like Hellbound. Yeah. And I, I like Hellraiser 3 as well me too CD, CD yeah Cenobite. it's fun but with that with that amazing weird club in the middle of it i love it yes, yes. <laughs> i will admit um that like because i'm a scream or i was a scream factory collector and they were putting out a lot of clive barker's movies mm. and nightbreed was one that always slipped past me and i bought mm. it when i scooped it up when scream factory just started kicking and they were releasing the director's cut and i've heard all of the legends of like the theatrical cut and then the director's cut and then the cabal cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I picked it up when I, when they dropped it and I'm not going to, I don't mean to be a downer here, but I don't like Nightbreed. I don't, <laughs> I don't like Nightbreed, um, but it's, I've tried so fucking hard and it's because I want, I love the sentiment behind Nightbreed. There's yeah. so many things about it that I love that I just feel like it doesn't work. And, and I hate when people say it doesn't work because it's like, no, it doesn't work for you. Um, mm. Like it, it'll work for a lot of people. But for me, this is like one of the prime examples of movies where I can feel the studio interference because they have no idea what kind of movie they want to make here because it's so heartfelt and the sentiment is so like, it's, it's almost meant to be a horror movie second or third above <laughs> a movie that just has emotional stakes at it and has a real like, a throbbing heartbeat throughout it and i love all those parts of it but for me like even the director's cut just doesn't work for me did you watch both cuts the directors and the theatrical or just did you watch the, just the directors just, I just directors. Watched the directors yeah and then i know cabal the cabal cut which i haven't seen which i know they released as well now like you can yeah. see it it's an extra 40 minutes but the problem for me is it's just like if I already don't love, but you know, it could be like the Zack Snyder's Justice League, where I actually like, I like Zack Snyder's Justice League. You could watch it four times in one day, and that's exactly. more than 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like it, it's one of those movies, though, that just it doesn't land for me because it's trying so hard to be a slasher movie when it's, act, it's trying to be so many movies at once. And I normally love that, but it just never pays off it loses me at a point where it's just so I feel like I'm confused by what the story is trying to portray. And I take no joy in saying that I'm not a fan. Um, No, I, I actually do understand that because it wasn't until I didn't, I really liked Nightbreed. I thought it'd be just an interesting thing to talk about. And then I watched the director's cut and I was like, Oh, I think I love this movie because they made it more they made it a less less of a slasher which the, the director because you're right yeah. you can feel even in the director's cut you can feel the interference like they couldn't I don't yeah. think this is exactly what Clive Barker wanted and I haven't even seen the cabal cut yet um but it was like when I saw the Doctor Strange uh not Doctor Strange uh the Doctor Sleep 
um, director's cut Flanagan where it just opened up and I'm like oh so much better yeah it's so much better I I understand it now and even though I still don't know why he wants to go to Midian in the first place even Craig Sheffield with with his weird face I don't understand um but it broadened out the love story more it made it more sentimental and it made it more creature focused and that's kind of what I wanted um because they made Cronenberg such an, a thing of the in the director's cut, which I love Cronenberg in this. He sounds so oh, bored. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I kind of love it. Um, but no, I can understand why, because it is such a confusing movie and it doesn't give you any indication of why characters are doing things. Even the director's cut, I still don't understand yeah. wh- why he was dreaming about Midian, why he wanted to go there in the first place. After, and hey, so it wasn't anything- just me. No, I have no. no idea what the fuck went on the whole time. <laughs> no, no, there's none. There's absolutely no kind it's, of connective tissue at all. It's that movie that like <laughs> I, I thought I, I'd missed something. Like no, maybe no, I didn't see the I, right cut. I'm not I'm not yeah. gonna lie to you guys. I actually I watched there's a, an hour and a half making of of Nightbreed yeah. that I actually watched in preparation for this as well, because I'm like, this is one of those times where I'm like, fuck, I am missing something. I am missing mm. something because I know that this movie has a fan base, and I'm not mm. the kind of guy that will just be like yeah it's not for me I don't like it like Mm. I'll at least try and find and there are things about Nightbreed that I really do like like I like I like the idea of the film and I think I can see I haven't read Cabell so I don't Mm. know exactly what Clive was going for but I know Clive is way too smart of a human being to make something that just doesn't make sense like this like there's so many there's so many gaps that I'm like you can't just brush past that and expect us to to still be on board with what you're doing but it's like but then there, there's the genius idea of that like you know um uh what's what's uh Cronenberg's character's name again uh oh it's uh Philip K Decker 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 yeah, yeah. so De- like I love the idea that he's like the psychologist with Boone and mm-hmm. he's basically convincing him that he committed he enacted all the murders that Decker's mm-hmm. is is doing but Mm. i don't feel like i'm like but why does midian exist at all and why does the general public know about midian and Mm. they're talking about it on the news and it's just like it's one of those things where though i just i can't buy into the world because i don't feel like they gave it to me enough like and i that's why my i hate especially since you brought this to us Lindsay. just so you know i've seen this movie many times before you (laughs) before you brought it and i actually do like when we can talk about movies that don't necessarily hit for us because then we can kind of explain why Um, no i think it's it's important you don't you can't love everything um and it's it's yeah some things are just not for you and I think this movie has so it's a messy movie it has so many faults I think Clive Barker was never allowed to put what he wanted it feels the director's cut feels I will give it more novelistic than I think because I kind of skimmed the original of the theatrical today and whoa they just butchered that thing they really just you don't it gives you less of an idea of what's going on and then the director's cut and the director's cut gives you nothing so imagine what like I don't even know why Laurie is hunting Boone in the theatrical. I'm like, <laughs> you barely know this guy. There's no connective tissue for this massive love story that's meant to happen. Um, whereas the director's cut does give you a little bit more emotion to it. Like, I really love Laurie and the and the directors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So was was this your first time um, watching Nightbreed, Boozy? A hundred percent. This was my first time. Um, <laughs> I watched this on Tubi. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like 
is there like a to be cut um yeah i i think it's his director's cut that's on Tubi, mm. which is the one i watched yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of have to this. Yeah, this is my first time watching it. And I have to a little bit uh, also kind of go where the, the route Mitch is. I didn't have a ton of fun watching this. I think once it got to the uh, shootout at the end, mm. I thought that was like a ton of that really had me. But maybe, yeah, it was because I'm glad that you guys are also saying, like, I'm glad you guys went first to talk about it, that it is confusing, because I mm. thought maybe it was just me. And I actually was trying really hard to pay attention to this. I was just kind of like, where, why are we going here? Everybody just feels mm. like a beatnik for no reason. <laughs> but, yes. but I, and it, it reminds me a lot of this is gonna sound really weird, but there's like a Futurama episode where they go like underground and meet Leela's family and shit. That's oh, what yes! this reminds me of. <laughs> I feel like that's a, gotta be a riff on Little Monsters with Fred Sapp yeah. as well, which is like, this movie reminds me of like, it, this is the adult Little Monsters. Do you guys know Oh my God, about? it is I have no idea yes. what Little Monsters how, is. Okay, Google it I've right seen... now. Little Monsters with Howie Mandel. Yes, I haven't seen it in forever. That um, was a movie that I loved as a kid, but it scared the piss out of me. And it's not supposed to be. It's it's essentially Little Monsters is Monsters Inc. Live action. Mm. It's like ah, Monsters this is ter- I've seen the cover of this. Yeah, this Howie, Howie Mandel. And yeah. like, but to me, like, and that's why there's so many things about Nightbreed that like I'm a I love makeup effects. Like one of the biggest reasons I'm a horror fan is I love makeup and I love yeah. like effects work and like that's why like even when and sorry to keep talking about myself in this but I feel like such a douchebag whenever I bring up the druid's hand but it was like that was one of the things that was most exciting for me was being able to be like I gave our makeup artist a bunch of references of things that I love and I was like I remember like on the set of that film like I watched her do what she did because I'm the guy who like when a new season of face-off comes out I'll mm-hmm. binge it in an entire yeah. day because I just love, I love makeup application and creating monsters and Nightbreed has some of the best out there. Like that's, that's why, like, I don't feel like it's a waste to watch Nightbreed. Because no, so I think many... that's some of the best stuff is that is yeah. it's like a, a showcase of all these cool ideas and, and effects. Mm. And I know Boozy, you're, this is one part where you and I split on is like, I like monsters with a lot of personality. So like, I like these these monsters in Nightbreed. I like that they have personalities and like I think that the main the problem... dude with the the snake gut. Well, does he have a name? The dreads? Like it kind of looks like dreads. No, yeah. it just has like those two snakes that, the the chubby guy that had just has two snakes come out of his oh, gut. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh wait, is that fucking uh what's uh Hellraiser uh, Pinhead? Uh D- Doug Bradley's because he plays is that character. Doug Bradley? He's I know in he's a... in it. Yeah, he's definitely in this, and they dubbed him, which I got very angry about. No, yeah, Doug Bradley is in this. I think he's the head of it. He's kind of got the gills on the face. Dirk. Oh, yeah, 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 Dirk. yeah, yeah. Dirk. yeah. No, um, it's kind of like how uh, I'm a huge Guillermo del Toro, del Toro fan, and to me, this is similar to Mimic, where it's like I can see a lot of things that I like about Mimic, but right. I can see more of him being fucked with than yeah. anything. Like I can see Guillermo being held back. And, but with Clive, it feels almost worse than Mimic because it's like he has these incredible ideas. He's a brilliant mind. And the movie just makes me feel like it's just watching someone work for someone who has no faith in him and no understanding mm-hmm. of what he's trying to do because the monsters aren't supposed to be scary. 
they're not supposed to be the 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 monsters in the movie like Decker's the monster and mm. I feel like that just is lost in the direct even in the director's cut so like that's why that's why I'm not the biggest fan of of Nightbreed but uh I am curious to see the Cabal cut but I just it's one of those things where I've tried so this is the one where I'm like I, I want I want to be a fan I so badly want to be a fan of this one no, I love the director's cut because you see more than mysticism in there. Mm-hmm. And I got a sense of the more of the community of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I saw that and I was like, oh, no, I think I do like this. It kind of reminded me of going back to Guillermo del Toro in Hellraiser, the, not Hellraiser, um, Hellboy 2, when they go oh, into that yeah. kind of cool market. Yeah, incredible. And it's just all love these it. creatures. Yeah. It did remind me a little bit of that. And though I, I think because I just maybe I'm just more accepting of the fact that this movie got so fucked with that I can kind of see the little bits of him popping out. I'm like, Oh yeah. yes, that's what he wanted to do. Right. Yes. You're like living for those moments. Yeah. I'm living for those moments, even though um, the first 20 minutes of this movie make no sense whatsoever. Oh my God. Um, yeah. It is just a series of scenes. I still don't know who the guy is with who cuts his face and who would what exactly he is he looks cool but i still don't know what i feel he has like to a lot of this is just like hey does that look cool yeah all right we got it that's what i mean that's what i mean though is like you look at the amount of detail that they put into each of these monsters hmm. and to not be rewarded with feeling like we know where they come from or why they are mm-hmm. the way that they are we lose so much and that's why i think that the cabal cut might be much better but yeah like, i think i want that that extra lore to kind of sink mm. into because that's that is a cool idea yeah and it just feels like so like uh it just happened so quickly with like boone is being being blamed for all of decker's murders and stuff like that it's just like it's that that happens a half an hour into the movie like that can be a whole mm. movie on its own like that mm-hmm. plot like that's why i think that this movie has so many different stories that are so interesting and so like rich with like there's so many things that we could dig into with those it's almost like an anthology at certain pieces it kind of is yeah every little scene i mean the hospital scene is its own little anthology yeah, yeah um laurie going to the grave to meet the to the graveyard for the first time is its own little thing even um when she meets that woman um cheryl i think um, who ends up being a victim of Decker, um, she's got her own story going on. You can tell she's yeah. got this whole backstory that you never yeah. quite get to know. Um, and and she's, maybe that's the issue. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. should be a TV series because I know I know that they actually wanted to remake it with Michael Doherty. Like he was going to, originally he was going to cool. remake this. And oh, like, yeah. It, it would be great if we could have like, this is a prime example of something that actually could be could be useful having an eight-part series. Hmm. Um, yeah. Because there's an so, HBO. There's just so much to it. There's so much to dig into that you just can't possibly all fit into two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of people, like obviously Lindsay, it works. It like it works for you and a lot of other people. So like that's amazing. I just like I want to be with you. <laughs> I no, I think I, yeah. I just take it as a visual feast. I mean, when yeah. I'm in this movie's groove, I mean, I even love Decker's mask. Oh, I love um, his mask. His, with yeah. with his the, kink with mask. The, Oh, his kick mask is his get mask is so goddamn great. And when he first yeah. appears in that family home, it is yes. horrific. That's some it good is... slasher stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. also love how little Cronenberg tries. Like, yes! that's, that's what I like. I love that he's like just there. 
And he's like, oh, he is. but I'm David Cronenberg and I know <laughs> that that's going to be enough. And like it is, and it is because it's like, yeah, you're a legend. And it's actually creepy that he doesn't emote a whole bunch. A whole no, bunch, but... even when he's like convincing Boone that he's the murderer, it's like, but you're having these dreams of monsters, but you don't remember these faces. It's just, yeah. I love him so much. I mean, I will always love Jason X because he pops up in the yes. beginning. And yeah. he does the exact same thing. Yeah. No emotion, no nothing. Yes, yeah. we're just going to keep him here and it yeah. will be fine. I I, <laughs> I I love it. I love the fact that every time he pops up in something, instantly you know it's Canadian because Cronenberg's not yeah. going to LA for anybody. Um, yeah. he you go, you go to him. Um, I love that um, when he is, I love when he acts because he is just so himself and he's just himself. Yeah. He's just himself and it's brilliant. And I don't want him to be anything else. I love the fact that he just looks yeah. so bored. <laughs> he's encountering yeah. these monsters and he looks bored. It's amazing. Well, well, like that, that's like the brilliance of Cronenberg too, though, is that even listening to him in interviews for Crimes of the Future, watching him just be so calm about everything that and like all the you you think about the movies that that man has made and that he's been a yeah. part of like Nightbreed it's such a high concept idea and he's just so chill throughout all of it as if it's just all normal yes and that's that's what I love about him so much and that's why I love I do love his character in this because of that um yeah no it's 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 a strange strange movie and also I know I know that the term nightbreed comes from like that's when that's what the monsters are. That's why when they you get bitten and you turn to a monster, mm. you're a nightbreed. It's not a lot of night in this movie. They're all they're <laughs> running around in the day quite a bit, and they <laughs> yeah. try and keep sitting up. Oh no, they don't like being in the daylight with that kid who turns into the weird monkey. They're in the daylight thing. a lot, for and they're in oh, the, the daylight yeah, the a lot. Yeah, I mean the hotel takes but takes in a place in the daytime. The prison sequence takes out in the daytime i think even the start of the the battle takes out is is in the yeah. is in the daytime um there's a lot of daytime for creatures who are apparently meant to be night creatures it's uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> i don't quite know what's going on there <laughs> yeah it's definitely still like it's worth a movie it's it's one of those movies that like obviously i think out of the three that we've talked about today this is the one we talked about the most because there's just the most to talk about uh with nightbreed there's so much to dissect there um, but is and there it anything is the most confusing? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. For trust me, just made it pick the movie that has three cuts, and is all of them are just as confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but I like the guy with the weird dreads and the, and the spikes and and, totally. and, and and you come back, you're here. <laughs> you come back, you're here. The guy with the dog, and who was also yeah. a Cinnabite. He was um, yeah, was he the fat Cinnabite? Chatter, the Chatterbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. um like yeah Clive Barker was just bringing all his friends in and kind of getting to make art with his friends which I know you keep saying I'm sorry I keep talking about your movie but but if I made a short movie I wouldn't shut up about it. Well yeah it's it's just it's tough because like uh, I I never want to I listen to podcasts where hosts talk about their own shit more than what they're what I am tuning into to listen yeah. to so I never want to be that guy. Um, but it is like, yeah, you know what? I've never made something. So now that I have, I'm like, oh, yeah. I can, I'm relating it to like of course, other yeah, things that I see yeah. now. You, yeah, and, you can relate to movies on a different level because you're like, oh, I know what that, yeah. I know what a piece of that is like. I had for, to. For better yeah. or worse, for better or worse, it does make you watch movies differently. Like, because mm. you do, like, 
I look at Nightbreed and all I all I can it to me it's just like the best example is like Mimic which I actually do like Mimic but it's mm. the same thing where it just it just feels like it was taking like this what like Clive is way too smart of a person to have not had all of his bases covered of the questions that I have and mm. I know that he actually does have those answers but the studio didn't want us to get them because they didn't care no and it's I love really heartbreaking stories when you listen to interviews with both Clive and more Del Toro because he just goes into absolute detail of what it was like Clive is a little bit more they just didn't see the vision they didn't understand it they didn't want to do that whereas Del Toro was like no I had to have arguments about um, Northam wearing glasses that is and that was something I won um this was was hard to make (laughs) but there's characters like like David like I'm talking about real life people Clive Barker David Cronenberg um honestly Stuart Gordon like there's Mm. those people where it's like they have such outlandish incredible amazing ideas how in the fuck did we ever live in a world where people (laughs) with a lot of money were like okay go make this yes (laughs) so it's like it's actually understand it's understandable that the movies would were taken away from them but it sucks so much because then you you see movies like look at John Carpenter's The Thing which is a movie that just clearly it's like the same thing could have happened to that movie. I know it was lambasted when it was released it when mm. it was re- originally released, but it's it's such a shame and like it always does it tarnishes my viewing now, which it shouldn't because I should just watch movies on what we've been given, but it yeah. it is it's cuz I love these people in the genre so much that I just want to see what they're capable of. And obviously, I know Clive Barker is a great. He's one of the greats. Well, we know what Clive Barker is capable of because we've seen Hellraiser and yes. I haven't seen Lords of Illusion for a while, um, but I remember not really... good. And uh, not good? Okay. Not um, good. Okay, so we know it's what he's capable of. super funny to... The, like that Lord yeah. of Illusions, I will say, is worth a watch because like, and especially Boozy, you would love Lord of Illusions because, dude, oh my God, this movie is like Chris Angel meets Seven. <laughs> but with but with 90s like 90s cgi effects like from yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like lawnmower man yeah and oh like yeah that, like the, the 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 effects in lord of illusions are so funny like it's <laughs> it's heartbreaking but fucking hilarious <laughs> not good oh um because oh, i haven't seen it for a while but i do remember it's because of scott bacula doing bad stuff and, and probably scott bacula <laughs> He plays a fucking, like, boozy. Do you know who Scott Bakula is? So that's the Quantum Leap no. guy. Quantum Leap. Bakula was a main character in a show called Quantum Leap. Hmm. But he plays a detective. He plays detective police cop. Like, that's yes. who he is. He, and he's the guy who's like, he doesn't know how to hold a gun. And every time <laughs> he enters a room, he does, like, the, like, back to the wall. It's like, man, <laughs> if there was someone in there who wanted to kill you, you'd be dead 10 minutes yeah. ago. Like, he's like oh the world's God. worst police officer, but he's going <laughs> up against magicians. <laughs> and it's got the weirdest guy playing the magician. I think the actually from, this is- The mummy from the, from the Brendan Fraser, the mummy. Yes. Play, oh, I love that guy. He yeah. Play, he plays like the really bad teeth guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what his name was in the credits. Really bad, really bad teeth, teeth guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, such an idiot it is it's um yeah it's also got daniel von bergen who i most know from super troopers um yes another connect great canadian movie by yeah. the way um it's 
oh my god Famke Jenskins in that no it's it's it was I I do want to see this movie again because I think I do get a little bit more leeway when it comes to Clive Barker going okay I think you're not quite translating what you want which is why I think he probably doesn't make movies anymore but yeah. <laughs> he's just like I'm just gonna paint my ass um if but, you can Lindsay you should watch yeah. the Scream Factory version because he actually he has like a little essay that plays yeah. that you can choose to watch uh what like a word from Clive before you yeah. watch the movie and he he explains like it's the same thing that happened with Nightbreed he's just like you know people because he was trying to make an LA noir film mm. but with the horror elements would be secondary and the horror yeah. elements come from magicians yes. so it's like no wonder no studio was gonna buy into this like there's just no fucking way but they no. still greenlit him and let him do it it's like so they're just setting him up for failure right from the beginning like it, it's exactly what he told them he was gonna do that's the thing because he told them he was going to do what he was going to do in Nightbreed and they kept yeah. going but we don't want the monsters to be the good guys and he's like I told you this I told you what was going to be in this movie yeah. why yeah. are you now going this is too yeah. weird no um it's it's kind of heartbreaking Hollywood executives it's yes it's like the predator they hired Shane Black mm. to make yeah. a predator movie and then they thought it was too Shane Black it's like <laughs> that movie was perfect <laughs> i love i love that predator movie so now all of my characters, opinions about all my opinions about nightbreed fly out the window because <laughs> characters just disappear in the predator because the editing was so wonky it's like wait what happened to courtney v vent or what is, is courtney v vent in that it's like what happened to him no idea am, oh okay <laughs> since i've since i've moved out here i have become close friends with so many people who worked on that predator movie and all of them hate it and i'm like you guys are fucking insane that movie's incredible and they're like mitch i thought you knew movies like everyone like they don't take me seriously because they know how much i love that movie it's like people who worked on it hate it i'm like fuck you guys it's amazing this movie rules you have no idea what masterpiece you made no i have oh my god it's Oh, the way that kid like becomes, they just like, it's such an 80s concept. Now he's in charge of all the science. It's like, oh, <laughs> no, stop it. Yeah, <laughs> he's and 10. You, got the, you got the machismo army guys, but oh. played by like Tom Jane, who has fucking Tourette's. Tourette's. It's like, oh, how did this not turn out well? Hmm. Oh, hmm. <laughs> Let me think about it. this for a second. Um, I have a yeah, full it's... one sheet of the Predator, just so you know. <laughs> oh, I own I own the 4K. My partner also yes. loves the Predator. So this is a movie I have sitting on 4K. It's so good. Right. Yeah. It's um it's it I do enjoy I do, look, I love a Predator dog. I'm always gonna love uh, a Predator, Predator dog. dog. <laughs> Predator dog. Um, but some of the choices that they were making in that movie and then the way they tried to fix them, I is just you just you just made it worse. <laughs> Let, let's let's cap off with that though. Like a, a quick yeah. discussion on an upcoming monster movie, Prey. There's a new yes. Predator I am, movie. I am so looking forward to this. Yeah. So, that I looks so cool. Yeah. I love the idea of the Predator at different time periods fucking with people. And totally. I am all for this. Yeah. I think that it also it helps that they're taking it. Like it looks like it's like fairly seriously. Oh, they're mm. taking it very seriously. Like mm. it's so, not going to be Shane Black's Predator. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this ain't your mama's Predator. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my partner just opened the door and gave me the thumbs up because we're talking Predator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love predator <laughs> awesome all right well no th this was super super fun and i yeah. feel like it was a big success we talked yeah. about yeah. three monster films we did and they're yeah. all different and interesting and even if you don't like one of them or you 
thing there's going to be something in there that you're going to go oh I think that there's is something yeah there's something yeah. for everyone especially yeah. all of us watching yes. these yeah because even yeah, though no. Nightbreed wasn't my favorite I still had a good time and I will say like that end like I mentioned before that end last 20 minute gunfight thing super cool oh there yeah there you go just awesome. Canadian cops getting super excited about their Tommy machine guns. I thought it was kind of adorable. What's new? <laughs> they love doing that. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. just you think it's just the American cops who love guns? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just having a smaller board, small bald man like caressing yeah. this like gun and just like going, that's anything very Canadian. I'm like going, that is something I did not expect to see. But apparently, no, apparently real to life. <laughs> yeah. Canada is just like picture every cop is deadly do right and brandon fraser's deadly do right but packed with a tommy gun that's, yeah. what, that's what we are uh but no this is a blast Lindsay, where can people listen to schlock and all which they need to do because it's one of my favorite podcasts i'm not just saying that because you're here i'm a huge fan i love what oh, you do over you. there you've been doing some oh. incredible work and i always love it's always a delight whenever i see that there's a new schlock and all episode it's a regular rotation show for me while i'm working um, oh thank you um yeah. Yeah, if you want to listen to Shock and Awe, um, I'm pretty much on all the podcast platforms, I think. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Shock and Awe One on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, so that will let you know when everything's around. And also, if you want to follow me personally, it's Reading Geek at Twitter. Reading Geek. Yeah, so follow mm -hmm. that. Okay. Uh, Boozy, any last words before we put you to sleep here? Yeah, yes, I actually have two since uh, some, some news for us at the very end here. So first off, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche. You just won the Stanley Cup about mm -hmm. 10 minutes ago. Oh, that just happened? Oh! That yeah. I just finished here. Yeah. And then the other thing I'd like to say is... Also, uh, sorry, I need to cut you off ahead. here. The goaltender of the Colorado Avalanche who just won the Stanley Cup, he stole my Age of Empires too when I was 12 years old, and I still want it back. Uh, I <laughs> on a bunch of my friends at Hudson's. Darcy so. Kemper, <laughs> yeah. if you're listening, I want my Age of Empires 2 back. And also, I saw Gladiator for the first time at his house. <laughs> I was like, I don't think he's in Gladiator. Um, no. And then the other thing is, uh, guys, make sure to uh, respect women's reproductive rights. Yeah. Yes. With where we are in the world right now, um, yeah, where you, you know what side the terror table is on, so... Yeah, and don't be like a fucking Foxworth, that dickhead in prophecy. Yeah. Basically, that's the, that's the lesson yeah. to learn. Don't be him. Just absolutely yeah. do not be him. Yeah. No. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. The world sucks. But hopefully yes. you guys had fun listening to the Terror Table. We'll be back next week. Um, I believe the next next time that you hear from us, because this is going to go up after our Dolls episode, where we have a killer <gasps> doll. Dolls. Feature. We did yes. Dolls. Yeah. So that should be coming up this week. Yeah. By the time people hear this, it'll have already been out. Um, but the only thing that I know about our next episode is our friend Jason Hamill is going to be joining us, and mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about deer skin. Uh, <gasps> so we're trying to find a triple feature for this to fit into, and the best we could come up with is, I'm telling Boozy this live on the air here. I, uh, I didn't know anyone. We got to come up each of us have to choose a movie, a horror movie about obsession. Okay. So I will say that Jason chose Deerskin. I have chosen Fred Durst's <laughs> The Fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> so Boozy's going to have to finally see The Fanatic. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, and we'll find out what Boozy chooses. Yeah, uh, I guess I have to think now. <laughs> yes. This, this sounds amazing. I love Deer Skin. Um, oh my God. I just saw it for the first time. It's, it's, I've never seen it. Oh my God. Killer outfit. 
title killer Kill, yeah, outfit. Killer style. Um, killer style. Kill, killer style. Um, I don't Lizzie, love that director. But Quentin give it your full attention. Yeah. Yeah. Just let yourself be confused because <laughs> um with Nightbreed, you knew there was stuff that you're missing. In Deskin, it's all out on the table. Yeah, it's, it's all just, out on the table. There is it's, nothing more to you. Yeah, just let yourself go wear yeah. wanting to wear a desk deskin outfit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's a phenomenal piece of work. I'm very yeah. excited to talk about that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Terror Table, and we will see you next time on the Terror Table. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>